Hey there, Horribles. Jeremy here. So, Happy New Year. It's either 2022 or almost 2022, depending on when you're listening to this. Because this comes out on New Year's Eve. Now, the gang and I are taking a short break for the holiday, but we made provisions for you. So, what you're about to hear is our special anniversary episode celebrating our first year of recording the podcast. Uh, We recorded this back in October when it was our anniversary, but we thought uh, we wanted to get as many of those slasher movies in in October as we could, and we would save this for the new year, Um, and it would give us a chance to uh, get in here and and do all this stuff. So what we're going to do, what you'll hear, is we take the first 50 movies that we reviewed for this, and we rank them. Now, you can find this ranking on Letterboxd. Um, it is under the listing Progressively Horrified, so it has our first 50 movies on there in order. So if you want to decide what movies you want to watch or we want to talk about, uh, they're all on there ranked in the order that we liked them uh, as compared to you know when they, when they came out. But they all say what episode they're on, so you can pick it up from there and uh, pick it up anywhere in the series you like. But feel free to check that out, and it's right there for you, and you're going to hear how we came up with that In the meantime, if you're enjoying this and you want to support us, we would love it if you jump on Patreon. It's just $5 a month. You get uh, free, you get your episodes a week early, plus you get free extra episodes thrown in there as well. So you get to hear our whole series on the Fast and the Furious movies, as well as any other extras that we record just for you. So we'd really appreciate that. But as for now, let's hear our anniversary episode and we will be back here live very soon but i guarantee you we'll have a lot of fun stuff for you to listen to every week we won't be missing one of those so we will see you next time until then stay horrified good evening and welcome to progressively horrified the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards that never agreed to. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have my two co-hosts, my writer does, the people with whom I've been doing this for- podcast for more or less a year now, Ben Kahn and Emily Martin. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Hold on, um, I'm ordering a lift to take me to memory lane. <laughs> I live there. Come visit me. That's where I live because I stuck in the past um you remember surge anyway <laughs> we all remember surge we all uh, remember surge i remember the existence of surge i don't remember ever drinking surge because once i did uh, my brain was just pure sugar yeah yeah that sounds about right that's how you know it was was- surge uh, <laughs> no if, if you haven't noticed tonight we're doing something a little different it's just the three of us but we're definitely going to talk about some other people that aren't here um so this is our uh, anniversary episode. If you're hearing this, it's probably uh, the new year. Happy 2022. Uh, but we're recording it in the middle of our uh, scary movie month coverage because we've just hit a year at this point. Uh, we started this podcast. Go uh, us. Yeah, we started this podcast. Happy birthday. I was doing scary movie month uh, where I decided I was going to watch a scary movie every day for the whole month of October. And uh, 
we, I got to talking about Jennifer's body and it came up that uh, Ben and our friend Chris had never seen Jennifer's body before. And uh, I was, I thought that was tragic. It's such a, a fun and delightfully gay horror movie. Um, so we decided like, not only did I want them to watch it, but we wanted to talk about it. So we were going to pull us all together and talk about Jennifer's body. And uh, well, that got us started doing this every week uh, during the pandemic so that we could uh, hang out and talk to people, like-minded individuals about horror movies. Uh, Chris is still doing uh, Gotham Outsiders these days, but we have Emily with us now. And uh, me, Ben, and Emily have been doing this for, for quite a while now. 52 episodes, guys. Can you believe that? No. We have watched <laughs> a lot of movies. Absolutely. Uh, a good number of them, good. Some yes. of them, not so good. And we're going to rank them yeah. by whatever metric we feel like. So we're going to put the whole list on Letterboxd. We're going to go through and rank them all and decide where they go. And then this will be a chance for you guys to be able to access that list. It'll let you decide which movies you want to watch, which ones you don't want to watch. You'll be able to uh, see, see where we rank everything without having to go through every episode and listen to, you know, how much we like it so you can decide maybe what ones are worth your time from there and uh you know check in with us on the episodes themselves so we're going to do a little bit of disagree with our rankings remember to let me know in the meanest most personally attacking way possible yes i mean you'll be wrong because the rankings are right objectively (laughs) um this is this is the order we are just mere arbiters of this list um but you know this, this will absolutely certainly be the right ranking so if you disagree i don't know to take it up with whatever god you serve or you What's can i mean if contact me on twitter uh, my twitter will get some uh some visibility so you know um no hate crimes please but you know <laughs> I was going to suggest like, oh, we could do a superlatory like those high school ones. So everyone gets a little participation trophy. But I'm like, oh, there is over 50 of those movies. That's a lot to come up with. Fuck that. Yeah, I can come up with that. I could come up with 50 lot. participation trophies. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it is important to notice to know that we aren't exactly ranking our episodes or our guests. Uh, just yeah. just the movies we watch and how much yeah. you know we we enjoy them how good the movies are. So, you know, we, there've definitely been some good episodes about some bad movies. Where I rank the resident evil episode is very different from where I will rank resident evil, the movie. Oh yeah. That episode was a blast. Yeah. It was definitely us getting pretty delirious about, uh, uh, Mila Jovovich kicking dogs in the face. (laughs) She karate fights a zombie. Yes. I mean, new metal. Yeah. And those evil dogs are just so happy. They're so happy to be there. Yeah. She also karate fights a dog to Nine Inch Nails, which is not new metal. And if you ever say it's new metal again, I will have <laughs> some words to say. I will be on your Twitter <laughs> haunting you. Um, anyway, although there's certain Nine Inch Nails albums I'm sure people would talk to me about, but I don't acknowledge them. The people are the, the albums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will not elaborate on that. (laughs) So we're going to keep this up on Letterboxd so you guys can, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes so you can check it out there and uh, watch these in whatever order you like. But we're going to jump in and start talking about the first movie we talked about. Guys, how do we feel about Jennifer's body? 
Loved it then. Loved it. Love it today. It. it I want to say I'm going to come at this with like a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say seriousness, but a little bit more like an analysis. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very important uh, academic analysis. And I'm going to say that Jennifer's body is probably, I mean, it is a, it is our, the groundwork from which we build, right? It is our foundation in terms of the chip scale. Um, I'm going to say that this film is uh certainly likable um and lovely cam love lovingly campy yeah, yeah. Um, again the things that started in the recurring elements of this show that started right there in episode one so the chip scale the demon lawyer adam brody adam brody our horror icon be gay eat people be gay um, do crimes eat people yeah that's Murder. a separate list. We're just going to do Letterboxd. Adam Brody horror movies. Yeah, we'll do Adam Brody's. <laughs> it's almost identical. We'll do um, queer murder couples. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, Jennifer's Body, I'm going to say, is um, it's rewarding in that it is a lot better than you think it's going to be. Yeah. And, yeah. and by default, it starts off as our number one because it's the first one we watch. So it's the first one that's going to be ranked. We'll have I... to rank every other movie in relation to that one like i do with every movie i watch i love it i do think we've seen some truly like great movies that i'm probably gonna put above it but i mean if it's not s class gold platinum shine gold star then I'm gonna it's give, definitely high a class yeah i'm gonna give actually i'm gonna give jennifer's body on the the scale that we have i'm gonna give it a b Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're going all the way to F, right? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I guess we're just making this up up as we go along. I'm not fucking up the curve. I would say, though, that like Jennifer's body and the next movie we'll talk about are ones that I would gladly put on any time before I'd put on a lot of the movies that are probably better. They're. I can't just watch Babadook whenever. They're two of the most fun movies we've done like while still being horror movies that are just so fun absolutely especially yeah do we want to dive into uh, oh i mean all i'll say is that you know what jennifer's body is still one of the most openly queer movies we've gotten to see on this podcast and still a delight um in terms of that queerness doesn't do well with race though sure doesn't yeah mm-hmm. No, and we uh, didn't even get to see Chris Pratt die on screen, which B. Oh God, one of the big one of Hollywood's true missed opportunities. <laughs> now, next up, our second episode, we talked about Anna and the Apocalypse, the Christmas classic, uh, a movie with an actually openly lesbian character played by an actual queer woman, um, and one who had amazing pipes at that. Uh, what what sticks out to you guys looking back at Anna in the Apocalypse a year later? That so, one's thoroughly fun. I'm going to yeah. say I've actually shown that to a lot more people. So I'm going to give that one an A. When we first discussed it, I was bewildered and overwhelmed, I think is a fair estimation of my emotional state. It was a <laughs> lot of things I was not expecting. Um, but again, with both the time to have digested it and having seen a lot more horror movies now 
it absolutely stands out for just how earnest and fun and just and good-hearted it is like yeah, I, it's also i mean it's a couple of things that you are, are used to just being in opposition to to start with it's a christmas movie it's a musical there's it's a it had a lot of hurdles for me to overcome so while i do love this movie like my personal recommendation would be to rank it below jennifer's body all right emily you said you would put it above jennifer's body i would put it above jennifer's body yes i'm already breaking ties here oh yeah um it's up to you jeremy are you going to be the uh are you gonna abstain are you gonna be caspar in the magi you know what i have to i have to rank it below jennifer's body i i love this movie i really do but uh jennifer's body has a very i think special place in my heart Uh, okay they're they're both most of these most a lot of these movies will will be below Anna and the apoc it's such a good fun movie yeah we're we're starting off pretty high they're gonna go a little lower from here i think uh probably starting with our next movie which is uh episode three was the first purge now i wasn't here for these movies but i did watch them um and i watched them before i listened to the episodes so um i have less of a uh of like a fond memory of recording these episodes with Mm y'all um so i you know i think i'm a a little bit less enthusiastic to put them up at s class i think but with the first excuse me I got a little hair in my in my teeth. Um, the first purge, uh, I would give a B, mostly for the incredibly gratifying. There's a few incredibly gratifying scenes and memorable scenes. I'm going to talk about um, our boy going through the uh, apartment building like Die Hard and killing all the Nazis. Love that. Um, and then the grandmas with all the teddy bears full of bombs yeah we need more of them need yeah. more murder grandmas yeah murder grandmas um our uh our drug lord killing all of the nazis and the and the like um it's not often you get the drug kingpin with the heart of gold i gotta say yeah yeah but he's great he's one of my favorite protagonists um i mean i'll always love this movie for how unflinchingly political it was and how relevant uh its themes were but also, it gave us a character who made a Freddy Krueger knife hand, knife glove out of syringes, and he never uses that shit once. So, number he doesn't three. Doesn't he? No. Hmm. I watched very closely because I'm like, whoa, and syringe, a Freddy Krueger syringe hand. That's awesome. Can't wait to see him use that shit. And then he never does. I thought he did in the during like the the street party. Nope. Knife. Yeah, I um. can't remember. But I, I I do remember there being a lot him using a lot more knives. Yeah, I yeah. really love. I was I very mean, upset at the time. I think this is this one's really interesting comparing to the other two because it doesn't do a great job with uh, LGBT stuff. That's there's not really anything there to speak of, but like it is does too much better on race just by like people of color existing in this movie, which you know they don't in uh, in the first two movies we talked about. That's true. Yeah, and that's like race and class are definitely the main themes of First Purge in a way we didn't get with our first two. I mean, it's very different. It's like it's where we 
Jennifer's body and Annie in the apocalypse are definitely, I would say, on the fun scale of uh, horror movies. Well, the first purge is definitely more on the uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, a little more on the scary, creepy, existential. Yeah, yeah. It turns into a, a solid action movie for like the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, and then it kind of becomes Die Hard. Yeah, which I loved, but is also not super horror movie. But I yeah, did like love it. I think what the the metric to which I am, um, or the the metric which I'm using for this, I think is just how likely I would be to recommend it to somebody, depending on what it was, because I'm sort of trying to to balance out all of the the various elements of what the movie is trying to be, whether it's trying to be progressive or it's trying to make a, 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 an important statement, whether it is a, a it is a very, very good film, whether it is fun to watch, you know, which are two very different things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and so that's why I think at the end of the day, I'm really looking at overall, like, was this a good film? Because there's, because again, you have stuff like, like, I don't know, I I feel like, is this scary isn't a, because I feel like if I'm like, is this scary, then Descent is going to rank way higher than it does on the, is it a good movie scale? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm giving the first, the first purge, I'm giving a B. So do we put that, uh, do we want to go below N in the Apocalypse? It would currently be number three of three. I suppose. Yeah, I'm going to stick with, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, this ranking. Yeah, All I would right. put it below the, the, the first two. Well, this introduces. Number one, the mummy, number one. one. Yeah. For right now. Fuck well. that. No, it's not. It's not tough at all. It's number one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm giving that a C. What? Plus. What? For the bisexual thirst trap that is the mummy? Yeah. I mean, it's the bisexual thirst trap is great and all, but just the racism it's, in that movie bothers me so much. It's got action. It's got adventure. It's got horror. It's got romance. Megamoth uh, on Twitter, if you want to shout at me about being um, crummy to the mummy. It's got Odin <laughs> Fair and he's on a horse. There are good I mean, things about this film, but they're not, I can't like, there's, I can't point at a particular thing other than just the existence of the two main characters. Like if they were in a better movie, this would be like a solid A or S, but the, the movie is just so, I don't know. It gets so campy um, and, and not, yeah, I know yeah, it gets campy. I know. It's just not my kind of campy, I guess. I mean, I could watch it, it but is it's pulp goodness brought to life i i love it there is the one character that i talked about during the original thing who is the uh the, what is he this is the jailer or the warden or whatever that they end up taking with them yeah, who he's is the just warden. like a rote horrible racist stereotype um that makes it hard to watch for me like i can't i mean especially a movie in the 90s like in the in indiana jones it's already difficult you know, but at least in Indiana Jones, they're fighting against Nazis. So we're we're seeing a lot of like, you know, Americans versus Nazis, which is like okay, but they don't they they don't really discuss uh, any uh, people of color in a way that is sensitive at all in Indiana Jones films. And I feel like this movie, it, what do you mean? Out- it's very respectful when Indiana Jones breaks into their sacred sites and steals their stuff. Or, you know, when he's uh, in the temple to Kali or whatever. Oof. Um, Oof. Yeah, Kali. Ma. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones Disney Plus series, not focused. a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> I would say um, the Mummy is far better than Temple of Doom, at least. Yeah, short Disney Plus short round series starring <laughs> Stephen Yeun as adult short round where he's height where he's pulling heists on museums to steal artifacts and give them back to their like uh, original owners. What do we? What is he called then? But he's no longer short and round. Is he like long? The long he's man. Whatever the character's actual fucking name is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we just do like a a movie that's a setup where like he's trying to out heist uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, you know who's who we we all we don't have to bring back Shia from the fourth movie. Do we? I kind of love the idea of him like like Shia LaBeouf is the villain of this film. And he's yeah. become like this super corrupt. That's um, the only way I want to see that character come back is if it's just yeah. to be shit on for the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's and, and Shia LaBeouf would fucking eat the scenery. You know he would with being he's just like scenery right now wherever he is. I know, and he would just be like a really really hokey villain that's like a hoarder Did or whatever, like a collector. He'd choose the scenery even when there is no scenery. Yeah, like he just starts shouting randomly and he's like, oh, oh. yeah. Um, well, I think that's the been really the problem with Shia LaBeouf in life in general is that he just starts randomly. randomly shouting at people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, agreed. Like his partners. Okay, so where where do we place Fuck the mummy, Ben? Do you, you want it, Ben? Are you are you set on? You think it should be above Jennifer's body? I mean, I feel like we have to reflect the con- the conflict in it. Like, uh, I don't I know think, if we put it. It sounds like I mean, Emily wants it at the bottom, and if you're yeah, saying I'm, the I'm, top, yeah, to go somewhere in the middle. Yeah, so I feel like I put it somewhere in the middle. I'm. Like, I'm, I'm willing to compromise Jennifer's body yeah I'm willing to compromise put it between Anna and the apocalypse and the first purge yeah I'd, yeah, yeah I'd go with that would put it. okay yeah all right, all right boom so there we go number three mummy fans you, you hear me you know I'm on your side don't fetch at <laughs> me <laughs> that's my job you fetch at me um, all right well one we don't have one we probably won't have as much of an argument about <laughs> no. next up yeah. is uh, Drew Goddard directed The Cabin in the Woods, TJ's favorite movie that we just uh, shit yeah, on for it, a solid two hours when he came on. That is, uh, but think about how much D. more we think about how much more we would have shit on it without TJ. <laughs> True, TJ, True. we love you. We love you. We love we you. Love you we don't love this movie very much, but we love you. This movie's clever. That's most of what it has going for it, though. I mean, it is clever. It has. Some fun performances. Uh, Bradley Whitford's really fun in it. Uh, we get really the first sign of Chris Hemsworth's like undeniable star power. I will There's never get fun. tired of watching Chris Hemsworth crash into that invisible wall. It's amazing. Um, I need it on loop set to the yakety sacks. <laughs> um, it is just hard to escape the joss whedon of it all and also just the degree to which this movie understands tropes while also doing nothing to meaningfully subvert them or explore them honestly this movie is a broken clock um oh that's a good way to put it yeah it is definitely a broken clock and um i like that there's a certain point when it's going to be just right 
usually that's with Chris Hemsworth, like flying into a wall. Um, Again, I would be down for like the spinoff, what we do in the shadows type TV show focused on the back office, just doing their setup for it all. Yeah. Because honestly, but again, there's just so much of this movie point thinking it can just do the worst and most problematic tropes of horror by just going yes we know it's problematic we know it's problematic yeah do it anyway yeah and then just that just that meme of will smith just (laughs) indicating say something about it rick and morty or are you gonna like this movie could be so meta lampshading for subversion yeah Okay, after midnight. Oh, oh we skipped actually, the Babadook. I did this in the wrong order. Yes. So next up oh, is the first boy. one that Emily joined us for. Yeah. The Babadook, directed the least by Jennifer fun one. Kent. It's not. It's not fun, but it, as a so movie, good. it's so good. Babadook is a solid A for me. I would rank it at the top of this list because it's like a really, really good movie, and the rest of these are sort of like fun. Baba Duke for me, I, I agree. Baba Duke at number one. I'm also yeah. agreeing with that. This yeah, is definitely um, like an S tier movie for me. This is one of those ones where I'm like, this is like, this is capital C cinema. Yeah. yeah. This is a movie um, that you is, is important to watch. You can only really watch it once. Maybe, um, maybe like if you want to really show it to somebody, I mean, I would not watch it alone unless you, you're that kind of person, which bless you if you are. Um, you're me. more powerful than me. Um, but I would not watch that movie alone. Also, um, you know, make sure you're in the right mood because it is uh, a little slow. Um, yeah, man, I don't think it's slow. Like it's it's Bob deliberate and it's is... pacing, but like it is mm-hmm. just. There are very few movies that I have watched in my adult life that have bothered me. Yeah, that, like. I've come away from it like not able to not think about it, kept me up at night, genuinely scared me in a way that like I was not prepared to be scared as, you know, the Babadook. And that was one that I had seen before we did it on this podcast. And I was like, yeah, this is a really good one. We should watch it. And then watching it a second time, I was still like, no, this really fucked me up a second time. Like (laughs) this movie. This is honestly like this is the movie to watch to understand the power of the horror genre this is in it like this is horror used to tell a meaningful story an important story a character driven story like that is about making you feel and process and understand complex emotions this movie is the genre's potential fully realized yeah Yeah. absolutely i I feel like this modern rush of a24 movies that are you know weird horror movies are they're modeled in a large way after this they're looking at this movie and and trying to do you know their version of, of what this managed to do also um it it was the inspiration for our discovery of the Babadong. Don't count that against it, though. <laughs> I'm I'm not. 
I'm but, saying that this is, I mean, these hidden treasures in life. Yeah, but that's a unanimous number one across the board. I think. Oh yeah, all, yeah. We're all on board with putting that above Jennifer's body. Um, but oh, I'm man. gonna go. So after midnight, I'm gonna go ahead and say I would put it below between the Mummy and Anna and the Apocalypse. <sighs> that one was so such an interesting movie. God, I that was such a movie where the the first hour, my reaction after the first hour of that movie was. There's 20 minutes left, and this has been bewildering nonsense. How the fuck are they going to wrap this up in a satisfying way? And then I watched the last 20 minutes, and I'm like, oh, wow, they wrapped that up in a really satisfying way. Yeah, I, I am absolutely with you there, because I feel like, I mean, not to, not to spoil it too much, but, like, the moment when first he breaks into song, uh, does a full karaoke number, uh, of, of Lisa Loeb and then is tackled by the creature that we weren't sure if that existed the whole time to this point. Like that series of things that happened is just like, okay, yeah, I get this movie now. Yeah. For me, the turning point was after the wife comes back and I spent a good solid 10 minutes just yelling at the screen, have a fucking conversation, sit down and talk <laughs> to each other. And then they do. Yeah. Yeah. This is a well-made movie that has a thing to say. Um, that is a pretty interesting, good thing. And Henry Zabrowski's in it. And I love him. So, um, so you were saying God, that between ending, this... the apocalypse and the mummy for you. I was saying between. Yeah. I was saying above the mummy and below Anna, the apocalypse, because I mean, I could put it there for me. It's the, I might put it between like the mummy or first purge, but I think we're both in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think ultimately I like this one a little better than the mummy, but yeah, that's, that's right in the same place I'd put it. So just cool. below in the apocalypse above the mummy. Um, I will say, I think it has one of the best like final shots in a horror movie. Yeah. It's definitely like building up to a, yeah. Like it's, Which, I just think because I feel like we've done a lot of slasher movies lately that haven't known when the fuck to end their film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it does it and it's out. Like it, it hits that last note and it's, it's done. No, yeah. no. Doesn't have no, a stupid no fucking, fucking hospital around. scene. Yeah. Doesn't so have another jump scare that doesn't make any sense because the person is a dream figment. I'm going to continue with my, um, with my letter grades, uh, Baba Duke S class. Uh, after midnight, I'm going to say B, just because it is so niche. Um, mayhem, mayhem. I'm going to put at. I think I'm going to put it A. Yeah. Because it's it's fun to watch. I think it says more than it, I would say. I would put it. I would put it above Jennifer's body, but um, just because the movie altogether is so satisfying and fun to watch. Um, I think the movie is I think it's such a fun movie uh, and it deals with class themes or like or really like capitalism and it's corroding effects really well and I get it has fucking people of color in the movie yeah which is more than you can say for uh, Jennifer's body which again I love but uh, yeah I'm going to agree with that ranking and there's, there's, you're, you'd be hard pressed to find a better leading couple in a horror movie than Steven Yeun and Samara Weaving. Like their yeah. chemistry, they're, they're like 
action duo chemistry is off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. They're very good. Um, this was our first, but not, but by far not the last, uh, taste of Samara weaving in a horror movie. And it's a, it's a, it's a very good, like fatalistic film, um, about the nature of mankind. That's not like wholly pessimistic. I'm you know? feeling pretty fatalistic about mankind right these days. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's, it, but it's not, yeah, it's not the kind of um, rote pessimism that you see in these kind of movies where, like, oh, well, if everybody could, has no inhibitions, then they're all just going to kill each other. They don't all just kill each other. Some of them fuck. Some of it's, them, like, fucking surf on desks. Like, you do a lot of drugs. It strikes yeah. that fine balance in that it feels like, open-eyed about humanity but with that but it doesn't feel cynical yeah that's the word i'm really looking for there because like i'm i'm kind of done with the cynicism because i'm like i'm look i look outside um yeah like, and ultimately it's not that our heroes are the it's like oh everyone's going crazy and we're the ones immune it's like they're also giving into their absolute inhibitions and their inhibition is let's kill capitalism yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. their lack thereof, yeah. yeah. Or their lack of inhibition, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. This, yeah, this, this, this to, one's also got some singing in it. I feel to like, quote Orlando <laughs> Jones, angry get shit done. So, yeah, so, I put that one that's just below Babadook. Yeah, So you're I saying number that. two? Yeah. Ben, yep. you're also with that? I am also agreeing. Ah, that's hmm, a tough one for me. I think I... We, we're, we outvote you. I mean, I think I'd put it at four... <laughs> Below in in the apocalypse, but if you guys both have it at two, we then could put we it go with three between Jennifer's body and Anna in the apocalypse. I don't think I don't think Jennifer's body outranks Mayhem. I mean, I'm Mayhem sorry. is a lot of fun. Mayhem's definitely uh, one of those movies where like Mayhem's definitely one of those movies that if so, like if I'm not d- doing something else, if someone like at any point was like, "Hey, you want to watch Mayhem right now?" I'd be like, "Fuck yes." Yeah, and I also feel that way about Jennifer's body and Anna and the Apocalypse. Like, Anna the Apocalypse is a Christmas movie, so I can't watch it all the time. Jennifer's body has t- too many emo guys, too many chips, too many chips, too many chips, too many chips in Jennifer's body. <laughs> what did the Nabisco executive say to cut down on costs? <laughs> um. <laughs> That was a very lame PG-rated joke. <laughs> Oops, all chips. <laughs> How great would that be? <laughs> Fucking Nabisco, hire us. Nabisco, oops, all chips. You open up your bag of cookies. The fuck? What? It's just raw chocolate chips. Fuck yeah, but then they all <laughs> gaslight you. Oops all, oops, all chips. <laughs> Fucking amazing. <laughs> just a bag of chocolate chips. Not enough to actually make use to make cookies with, just like however many there would be in a normal bag, and that's all they give you. And they're like, and all of them say, no, it's like Hershey Kisses, but instead of the Hershey Kiss at the top, it says like, are you sure you want this? Are you sure this is what you want right now? Are you sure you believe you need chocolate right now? Is that our solution? Thank you. Like we're just going to make the cookies themselves body shame people? Yeah, I mean, that's chip. <laughs> Oh yeah, that is a chip. That's so I'm saying if we're gonna be involved, we gotta bring in our brand. Man, just oops all chips. I will give credit to After Midnight for consolidating the chip and the useless cop character into the same character. Yeah, and then we also have we now have the scale from chip to Wade. You know, Wade oh, is yeah. ride or die, and then chip 
is not that. Um, God, Wade is Wade is the crazy Florida friend we should all be so lucky to have. That's right. That's why. Well, because Wade is basically Henry Zabrowski playing himself. Um, and uh, for all that he talks about semen, he's pretty great. <laughs> Black. So our next film is Black Christmas. Okay. We talked about with our buddy Bob Ryer from Talking Comics, which I love Bob. I adore Bob with all my heart. Um, this was this was a fun one to talk about because I don't think any of us had seen it before we came into this one. It was a fun one to talk about. It's one I remember having more fun talking about than watching. Yeah, well, it was good to talk about. It does say some things, all cap things, about all cap stuff. And Carrie always fucking knocks it out of the park. Um, yeah. Fucking knocks he, it out of the fucking galaxy. It's still fun as hell that he's in he that He plays that a movie. good, despicable asshole in that movie. Yeah. But, uh... I would put it below. I would put it a, between Anna the Apocalypse and After Midnight. I would give it like a B because it's kind of rough to watch, especially if you're if you're triggered by um, sexual assault, stuff like that. But it does have some fun stuff to say. It's not very, there's not a lot of depth to it. Um, but the stuff it does have to say, I think is is important enough that I would put it, um, and, and the, the, the clarity and the consistency by which it says these things, I would put it above After Midnight. And it's definitely a lot more, um, like bingeable right like you know it's it's not an art film by any means but yeah, um, it's essentially uh, a slasher uh, of the last half hour yeah this uh this might be my jewish grinch curmudgeon anti-christmas bias rearing its ugly head but uh i was less a fan of this movie i would put it between first purge and cabin in the woods it did do the jewish girl very dirty did her real dirty did yeah, it very, it did. very dirty. Strangled her to death with Christmas lights, and then nobody fucking even noticed the whole rest of the movie. And yeah, I'm still fucking salty about it. Oof. Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, I'm trying to think because I think there's other movies that I mean, I say. Think overall, I liked it less than After Midnight. Um, okay. At, yeah, I could like, see it's it. Definitely I could better than it. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I could see it. Somewhere in that mummy first purge range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would definitely, I would definitely put it. After I, I could see it above the mommy in first purge, but I would I definitely not above after midnight for me. You know, the 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 Jewish the Jewish girl death. Um yeah, let's put it let's put it between Cabin in the Woods and the first purge because like it does a lot, but um if we're gonna talk about sexual assault, promising young woman does all the things that Black Black Christmas does. Yeah, I think that's also another better. one of my problems is that while it's tackling important themes i feel like there's other movies we've watched that did it better yeah i, I don't know that okay so i i feel like i still might like this movie i don't know if i like this movie better than the first purge or not they both do the same thing which is they're a horror movie for the first hour and then the last half hour they're like fuck it action movie time um and i will give black christmas credit for again carrie yule's just being like a, like a real smarmy good smarmy villain i think watching all of the fucking neo-nazis die is a lot more satisfying though i think watching yeah i think there's a lot of catharsis to first purge yeah there's a lot of catharsis to that and that catharsis still is there in um black christmas but i don't know it's not handled with the same kind of like riveting um 
presentation. So yeah, God, that top next five is already real fucking strong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it does in, in the same way the first purge does it, it, you know, Black Christmas does give the, the black girl a bow and arrow to start shooting assholes. That's <laughs> that's true, but we don't see enough of it. Like I feel yeah. like if the per if if Black Christmas was more of these girls coming after the guys rather than the girls running from the guys, like the last bit as the girls coming after the guys, but we don't see like I don't think we see enough of it. Um, all right. The, the, speaking of of no, girls kicking the right ass, version of the descent. Oh, the descent. Descent or the descent? You got to find the right one. Neil Marshall, two thousand. This is definitely descent. one of like in terms of just pure scares. Yeah. This is one of the scariest movies we've ever watched. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this movie in- was one that I had seen before we watched it, and continued to scare me the second oh around. yeah no there's absolutely like in terms of just like pure like scares if you're looking for what is the scariest fucking movie i'd put this like number two behind baba duke but scariness is only part of the picture yeah, yeah i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it below um i'd give it a b um b for bats comma cgi <laughs> uh but more for bitches fighting because the ladies in this film um fight over a dude and i'm not really into that yeah it's for a movie with pretty much entirely women characters it's not particularly feminist yeah and also um b for boobs comma zombie because the monster boobs cave dwellers also the blood pool remember the blood pool the blood pool was cool, but the cave the dwellers, pool. the like the the um, female cave dweller, uh, was just like it was just a chick. It was just a woman. It didn't have anything cool going on with it. Like all the other things had, like oh we're you know we're we have a bunch of Nosferatu's crawling around with merkins. Yeah, definitely this has one of the most authentically frightening jump scares, and then some of the, oh yeah the worst like trauma scares as well of just people just fucking putting pickaxes pickaxes through hands and yeah uh, oh god like they really showed a lot of really graphic violence the moments that stick with me are uh again that camera jump scare is one of the best jump scares in Mm -hmm. horror and i know we talked about it before but just the relatability of sitting in your car and crying (laughs) (laughs) yes driving frantically down the road and then stopping to have a good cry if we haven't been actually done that physically, we've all been there emotionally. I think, I mean, I think the only thing that has uh, kept any of us that haven't done that is the fact that we haven't owned an off-road vehicle. Like if we've owned an off-road vehicle, we would have done that. But the, we would normally just have to pull over and cry. Whereas she was just like plowing through wood roads you know like the fucking forest <laughs> roads just being like ah! Ah! and then i think that that um that right there is uh as the kids say a mood it's definitely a movie whose plot relies on the characters being stupid and irresponsible and assholes yeah so i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it uh what we got here like the plot like when you really just describe the setup it's it's some fucking CW nonsense shit. It's like the one girl was sleeping with the main girl's husband. 
and then the husband and kid died. So a fair girl feels bad and to make it up to girl whose husband she was sleeping with, she takes her to a super dangerous, unexplored cave. I'm going to put it below Mayhem, even though I gave... Oh, wait, no. Because um, Mayhem's... Yeah, I thinking, gave May- yeah Mayhem's, Mayhem's number two. Yeah. I would think, for me, it's on one side or the other of After Midnight. I agree with that. Either, again, either like, five or I six. feel like as a movie... It's not as good as After Midnight, but again, the fact it is so scary, and this is a horror movie podcast, that level of scare has to count for something. Yeah, I, okay, so, you know, if if I was put it, to, yeah. yeah. I'd put it before, and I'd put it between Anna and After Midnight. All right. All right, let's do there that. There it is. Now. The descent has risen. Now, now we have got. about Ready or Not. Oh, ready love not. Ready or ready Not. Ready or Not. Um. Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, they're both great. They have great chemistry. She Samara Weaving just fucking crushes this movie. Oh, I, I'm such a big fan of this movie. Yeah, it's very good. I it's put this well above... made end to end. I, I think yeah. it doesn't doesn't attempt to say a whole lot other than like it does have some you know class stuff built into it. Um, it is. Uh, it does have some gender stuff built into it. Not a lot of people of color. That's the kind of a problem with this movie. But then it's all about you know marrying into a rich family anyway. So I don't. I don't know where you would put people of color in this movie that would make. Yeah, it it's like better. it doesn't have people of color, but I don't. But for the, again, the reasons you said, it's. Um, I don't fault it the way I do. Like I would say Jennifer's body because in a movie in this kind of setup, like. Again, if the only character that could be a person of color in this movie really is uh, Samara Weaving's character. So if yeah. you don't go that route, um, then really the only people like people of color like are the help for this rich people. And that's yeah. just a whole like bad trope can of worms all like in its own right. Yeah. And if I, I remember correctly, one of their at least one of their mates is a person of color, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's in in a way that would be probably true of this family, this yeah. asshole family. They yeah. are such as oh, they are such asshole family, and it keeps it like to the very end. I will say that the um the people of color who are the help in the in this family's house in their ridiculous ass house, um, did mm-hmm. seem over it. Like they at least they weren't just there. You know, they they definitely seemed over it. So I mean, um, the deaths in this movie, you had elevator death. You had mm-hmm. tragic Adam Brody death. You had explodey death and shot through the face with a crossbow death shot through the face death. That was such a good death. And you're to blame. Um, <laughs> OK, <laughs> this so, movie managed to be both intense and really fun. Let's put it OK, where I, I would put it just below mayhem get our um yeah samaras together uh, it's oh, either of, of it's on body. it's on one side of jennifer's body for me i know that okay i'm not sure if i'd put it above jennifer's body but if not above then right below for me i'd have i'd absolutely want him uh, oh man um that's a tough one for me i like i like both of those movies and for a lot of the same reasons i think um you know what i'm gonna 
I'm gonna put ready Jennifer's or not body does above the- Jennifer's body because ready or not has a much more satisfying ending. Yeah, like- and it I feel like it it deals with mm. the same sort of stuff um, in a more mature way. I mean, Jennifer's body is a lot of fun, but it is not necessarily like a mature film. Yeah. Jennifer's body definitely has the queerness element yeah. to it, but I think Jeremy makes a really good point about. Samara Weaving saying in-laws and dropping her cigarette and walking off is like the fucking best. Like, yeah. There's something, I mean, again, there's something really unsatisfying about seeing Jennifer die. Like, and then like yeah, and then the, in like, prison maybe... and she's talking about Chip and it's like, why are you talking about Chip? Who gives a shit about Chip? Ready or not has Samara Weaving throwing her husband's engagement ring back in his face and going like, I want a divorce. And then he explodes in a blood explosion. Yeah. And the devil in that movie is so dope. Like it's, they, they really managed to ride the line with the depiction of like the demon that they're, did their like devil's bargain with or whatever. That was just like, Bar- it was barely there. It was enough there to be like, oh, that's a little spooky, yeah, but it wasn't like... A- he's, he does the quick incline of the head, the nod, yeah. just to be like, yeah, you're all right, go. Um, and then we're out. Yeah. that's Yeah. Now that I have it there, I'm like, is it better than Mayhem? Um, no. I don't I don't think it's better than Mayhem because I yeah, think... I, I, just I personally cool. still have Mayhem. I'd, I'd personally keep it below Mayhem. All right. And again, Samara Weaving movies, man. Fucking good. Now let's talk about the craft, guys. Oh boy! Okay. That's 1996's oh boy. The craft. This is a. This is going to be really. Tr- this is tough because this movie is iconic as fuck, but yeah. it is really problematic. Yeah, this movie is more influential than it is good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so- except for like again, the character and acting behind Nancy is great. Where the writing takes Nancy and ultimately where she ends really really bad so i'm gonna i'm gonna put this so the craft is um is gonna be a solid c for craft um definitely gonna be above the craft legacy though yeah this is um yeah but i'm gonna put the craft between the first purge and black christmas yeah i'd agree with that because it, it it's a very watchable movie but you have to be like you have to be aware also the music kicks ass also it is let's just say this is of the skeet ulrich 1996 horror movies you can watch not the one to do so and not the better of the two skeet ulrich performances yeah yeah i i still can't hear uh what what is how soon is now without thinking of the craft um, yeah honestly me neither um <laughs> like it's i mean it's such an iconic influential movie but it only gets so much credit for what it inspired versus what's actually in there speaking of what it inspired let's talk about the craft legacy twenty for daddy Duchovny. oof um cabin in the woods is this your lucky day oh, man there's Are you so fine? much potential you, here it's it yeah. wait, finally get out of the bottom cabin in the woods maybe or maybe we'll just keep you on the bottom for the fuck of it I, you know cabin in the woods does have fucking sigourney weaver in it like at least cabin in the woods has interesting ideas i i don't i don't feel like the craft legacy Aside from marginally better representation that 
still doesn't do much. Like, yeah, I mean, it has it doesn't it does bring have anything a young to the actors playing a trans character, which I feel like counts. For it's nice something. for all fourteen lines she has. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can put it above Cabin in the Woods because it is, it is such a snooze fest of a film. <laughs> yeah, like it's not entertainingly like wildly bad. It's like honestly, again, the thing I most remember is Daddy Duchovny red flags. And the heroes doing a lot of mind control. I feel like this was the and first then trying episode to sleep that, like, with the people they're mind controlling. This was the first episode I feel like that we were just trying to rewrite the movie as we were talking about it. We were like, what if they took all this potential and they used it in an actually good way? Like, what if they did something good instead? Yeah, Guys, we didn't really talk about the movie. We just talked yeah. about like, it's interesting what they tried. to. I really see what you tried to do. Guys, what if CW had actually ordered this pilot, like this movie pilot to series? Um, yeah, I mean, like, especially the it, way that that movie ends and it's just sort of like a car crash at the end doesn't resolve and it's just over. Like, um, again, the way the first film actually, you know, it felt like witchcraft, like hexes, curses, dreams, illusions, like it felt like it felt like there was this otherworldly, maybe even like hellish magic at work. The craft lines, they're just fucking throwing CGI laser beams at each other at the end. I feel yeah. like if this movie had just bit the bullet and been a, been a teenage superhero movie, it might have been better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that's basically how they're representing witchcraft in this as superpowers. Um, yeah. They I, stop time. Yeah. Yeah, Would and then like, like in the end, David they Duchovny, have the powers of Dio. David Duchovny overpowers all of them, and then they beat him by just fucking trying harder. Like they're like, <laughs> oh no, really he beat up us. Let's concentrate. Let's um, concentrate all right, blood instead. and blood and donuts. Um, oh wow, okay, blood and donuts. Now we're getting into just cuckoo banana pants land. You guys loved this movie a lot more than I did. I don't even know how to discuss this movie in relation to these other movies. Um, it's better than Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's <laughs> better than Cabin in the Woods. I had a lot. Well, I think it ranks. It was a, just so weird. It was the letter so A, weird. the Canadian A. Like, right it's, a? it's the kind of movie e? where <laughs> e H. It's the kind of movie where I can't get over a, like. A, the big details, but all, like, every step of production. Like, why is David Cronenberg in a bowling alley? That's why it gets B for Boya X Earl fanfic on why A3. Why is this movie, like, why is every single scene in the donut shop have the same extras in the same outfit sitting in the same places? This is, I mean, I would, it's really, it's like a B minus for me. Um, this is a movie that is so... It's that kind of bad that shouldn't be entertaining, but it's just so wild. Like from the impossibly New York accents. I just again, love it's like, so charming to me. The, the weird like I'm so handsome, but my fingernails are so gross. Yeah. Like there's so many charming elements to it. And it's so like, I mean, yes, it's not it, it's almost literally gay, but not quite. I mean, just the just the way that the main character ghosts women by being like, I can't turn you into a vampire because then you can never die. But also you can totally kill yourself at any time you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, wouldn't I want to be like cursed. 
I feel like the mummy is becoming a dividing line, and I feel like this is worse than the mummy. Um, it's in the bottom half of this list. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I think it's already right where it belongs. Yeah, I think that's between Cabin in the Woods and Black Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. It's super inter- It's super weird and entertaining, and it's not actively problematic. Yeah, it's it's more uh, curiosity than a good movie. Now, I don't know. Did either of you guys end up watching Horror Noir? I, I did. Didn't. So, uh, Horror I Noir. Say, I would recommend Blood and Donuts if you're high and you're more interested in the weed than the movie. I With Horror Noir, it be, being a documentary as it is, you know, yeah. I would put it up high, but it's sort of like a almost its own category. But yeah, yeah I, hard, I mean, I didn't see it, but documentary I, seems. It is a format that I have never seen a documentary in before that I genuinely think is great where a lot of it is like they take these icons from black horror and you know sit down and have them talk about these great pieces of black horror and you know put put it in front of us while you know you get to listen to Keith David talk about Candyman you know Um, yeah how much you know he loved Candyman or Blackula or whatever Okay, I do have to jump in. Uh, Tony Todd, not Keith David. No, it's like Tony Todd. Keith David talks to Tony Todd about it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying Tony. Okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're both there, but they're like sitting in theater at various points because they, the interesting thing about it is they cross talk about stuff that they're not in, right? Just like stuff that they love that they're not in, um, you know, but is, is important to them. Like they'll, they talk about it in there with everything else. Um, I, I think I would put it just outside of the top five for me. Um, as far as like, I, I do definitely recommend people see it. It's not going to be the same sort of experience as those top five movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's maybe more to recommend it than the descent or after midnight. It's definitely in the A range for me, just yeah. for the fact that it is like, if you really want a good good reference set of um horror movies and really good con like a context for horror movies uh and black horror then it's definitely um uh it should be on your watch list yeah that's it's a great one and is i think largely inspired by the next movie we're going to talk about get out which is i think is easily one of the best fucking movies on this list yeah, I'm going to put Get Out. Get Out is... is To me, Get Out is on one side of the Babadook. Yeah, it's like an A plus or Get Out is definitely... S. That's S tier for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, going to put I'm gonna put Get Out above the Babadook because it is a lot more watchable than the Babadook and it says the same things with the same... Or not the same things, of course, but like it has the same... Uh, of the same quality yeah, yeah it's like the same quality is... the same strength of its message um this is again one of the get where like this is horror at its absolute best this is horror doing what no other genre can do this is horror at its most excellent yeah i think it's it says it, it delivers its message really um really smartly <laughs> um and the babadook is a lot more artsy and it does have a lot of cool things to say about trauma but get out has a lot more complex issues to talk about not just racism 
but really gets in there with the needle and and um isolates those and just how thorough it is like it yeah. explores it so I, I think both of these movies are just beautifully sculpted there's not a hair out of place it's, it's yeah per, they're like, both perfectly put together babadook um, and get out are like my two like my two s tiers yeah i would put uh, get out on the top because it's it's definitely less painful to watch and no animals die it's definitely a more rewatchable it's film. less painful to watch uh, yeah it's, it's i mean there's there are characters that you actually like looking at um the kid in babadook <laughs> is is cute but he's always screaming and sad and being abused okay I, let's uh so emily you would put get out first ben uh first or which one goes on top babadook or get out uh, i think i would also put get out on top but not because the kid like is uncomfortable to look at <laughs> He's, I'm not saying he's he's bad looking. It's just, you know, every time I look at that kid, I'm like, I want to save you. I'm not endorsing the ranking, but not necessarily from the perspective of people are just hotter in Get Out. It's not. I don't grant you. They are. It's a, it's a hot cast. Look at that cast. Tell me who's not bringing it. Now, I don't want to sound basic <laughs> because, um, yeah, there's, there's, I'm just talking about general charisma and like just watchability of these people like i you know the babadook very effectively makes me want to get out and get out also makes you want to get out but also has you know um eloquently sends you those mixed messages especially like it sends the exact messages it needs to send to the people who need to see it right yeah and absolutely and i will say Again, while I think the acting in Babadook is really good, uh, honestly, a uh, point in Get Out's favor is Daniel Kaluuya is fucking amazing. It is one of the absolute best lead acting performances in a horror movie ever. Like, Daniel Kaluuya is an Oscar winner for good reason. Yeah, yeah, I, okay, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Get Out on the top there uh, with uh babadook right behind it uh and we're gonna go from the top to the bottom here did either of you guys watch bad hair yes i did i was on the bad hair episode okay i couldn't remember for sure who, who watched bad hair with me. i was it's, not on the episode uh, but um i did watch it and i uh let's see bad hair is another another b that's oh, a, mo- bad hair is a, a b movie bad hair okay. is a movie that definitely broke my heart because I was yeah. definitely that's a movie that I was real like and that I was really liking, and then it really fell apart in Act Three. Well, it's it's okay. right down here with Cabin in the Woods and Craft Legacy. For oh, me. for sure. Okay, because like it has potential that it just wastes. Like it's okay. definitely above the Craft Legacy. Yeah, um, I would heartily agree with that. That's for sure. It's definitely. It's definitely trying to say more and be more legitimately subversive than Cabin in the Woods, but I'm not sure if it succeeds or if it if it does so in a more entertaining way than Cabin in the Woods also make, misses its mark. Yeah, I, I think it it does. It's murky and unclear what it wants to say. It is clear that it wants to say something, but like it, I feel like it does more damage do, trying to say it than anything. Yeah, um, the themes are not like 
its own internal logic isn't consistent enough to work with the themes. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that, like, they wanted to work with Justin Simeon, and he was like, oh, I have this other idea also. And they were like, good, we'll buy that. Just make that thing. It's and also... Then he did. It's also, like, I feel like really more than any of the other movies and these other movies we've just uh, been going back through, it's a film that does not know what kind of horror film it is. Yeah. It doesn't there, even know it's a horror film. It doesn't know what kind of film it is, period. Like, there's a time yeah, where it's true. just an entertain, where it's just a drama about, like, the entertainment industry in the early 90s. Uh, and then it's, like, you get a scene where it's kind of, like, a really intense body horror, and then you're getting, like, monster, like, a monster movie, and then it's zombies, and the what kind of and then, like, Lena Waithe is there to turn it into a horror comedy for a little while. Like, <laughs> the tone of the horror is just, it's all over the place. It's an embarrassment of riches with not a lot to say in. Yeah. Oh, host. Very a, opposite of host. What yeah. a crazy concept that works so well. Yeah, which is not an, there's not an embarrassment of riches there. It's saying a, a whole lot with very little. And it doesn't really um, have much to say, but it, like... It's a good, this scary is, movie. This yeah. is a shining example of how limitations can force greatness. Yeah. Would you rank it higher than The Shining with The Shining? Begin? <laughs> uh, did um, we do The Shining? Did no, I miss no. The Shining? No, we're, no. we're going to do The Shining Cooper someday. Movie. I feel like I would, I feel like I would be, I feel like, because here's the thing. I feel like it was possible that like we did The Shining and I missed it. Because if that happened, I would definitely have repressed it out of pure rage. <laughs> like, I would have gotten so angry that my mind just blanked on that episode ever happening. So I'm like, shit, I hope we're not about to uncork something wild here. I'm really fascinated by what we're going to say Shining. about The Shining. Um, uh, it's something to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, the host. Themes- host, okay. Host, um, the most 2020 horror movie it is oh, possible that's- to make. Looking Roll at the away. list here, I definitely host. I'm gonna host. I would give an A for yeah, host. Like, can we scroll up a little bit? Yeah, we're reaching the yeah, point. We have reached here. the point where we need uh, scrolling on the list. Ooh, I would. So the, the ooh, num- number I would, ten I would probably put the it top above 10 the right descent. The mummy. I, would, I I'm gonna put it between horror noir and the dis- and the descent. Okay, I would put it. I would put it above the maybe between the mummy and after midnight. Yeah, I think it's definitely in the high end of the middle of the yeah. back. I think the descent, the descent and host have about as much to say as one another, and I think the descent is scarier. Yeah. Um, so I would go okay. one side or the other of After Midnight. I think. I think um, I think host is definitely scarier. I think host is. I feel like After Midnight has more to say. While yeah. Host is scarier and more cinematically innovative yeah Should we go host nine after midnight um, 10 or after midnight I'd nine put host, host 10 i put host between after midnight and the mummy okay yeah i go i'll go there yeah all right yeah that's a um that's a great movie that's like that's i i think that should be sort of the bar for horror movies is something that's like Sure, like it doesn't have anything to say, but it's well made and not not shitty to anybody. To me, um, it's the perfect yeah. 
it's the perfect example of just that it's all in the execution. Like yeah. a group of friends well. over Zoom have a haunted chat room is not much of an idea that is executed to perfection. I think I I think it's scarier than the descent, honestly, because um well, I mean, dis- descent is certainly more uncomfortable, but there's I don't certainly know. some I'm... bits that I think are scary in the descent. I think as yeah. a Hellraiser. Oh, this is this is a fun movie, Hellraiser. Yeah, I this am... is where it's going to start getting hard. I think is this is like this you. is this. I'm looking at the list. I'm like this now. Like this is a challenge. Hellraiser. I don't think I'm going to put El- Hellraiser in S class because um, no, that's it's uh... a little too campy for that. But I'm definitely put it in an A range. Um, the, the I think that's like over... that's. B, uh, that's like speaking straddling a tier for me hellraiser yeah um i'm i would Oof. have to put it above the descent though because i mean it's just so innovative yeah. and creepy yeah i'm gonna have to agree with that above descent yeah. all right i i can i can buy into that i mean it's i maintain my I controversial opinion that i like the, that i like hellraiser and... 2 better but <laughs> i know that's controversial oh i don't i'm done no that that's one i'm not I'm not endorsing that position. Um, it's, it's, all about, it's all about the villain to me. So. Well, so much of Hellraiser is the mystery and the mythos and just how unknowable it all seems. And then too much of Hellraiser 2 for me is that beginning where it's like, hey, let's redo all of it. But you already know what's up and you know all and you would know all the answers. So you don't have any questions and there's no mysteries right now. Yeah, right. and then the the origin of the Cenobites is kind of a bit lame, except it does show that the chattering Cenobite in Hellraiser 2 is, in fact, a child, which that's I think... That's creepy. Yeah, that's fucking... Just, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, it eventually gets a super crazy over-the-top villain, but... Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Like, God, um, it, it, it had amazing... Vill- the sequel has amazing villains throughout. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, that Claire Higgins performance in the second one is just what what does it for me like she's yeah she's great her, in the first one as sort of you know the the person being strung along by the bad guy but like her as the full-on you know avatar of greed her is evil like queen great. speech is one of my absolute favorite villain speeches yeah i feel remiss if i rank hellraiser below jennifer's body i think it needs to be above jennifer's body i mean i think you're wrong but yeah no i i, I, I can't <laughs> I could see it between Jennifer's body and Anna and the apocalypse, but I can't put, but I, I, I definitely rank Jennifer's body first. Um, if, if we're talking about I could, like I could see it at the number six spot. That would be one thing, but like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pop on Hellraiser the same way that I, I might Jennifer's body. Um, yeah, yeah, but like I'm not going to pop on Babadook the same way I'm going to pop on Jennifer's body. I mean, that depends. Do you want to traumatize the other people that are in the room? Like I would, I would force Babadook, Babadook on people just to be like, you need to have seen this. Babadook will traumatize you while Hellraiser will creep you out. Hellraiser rides a line, though, of being like spooky and creepy and, and atmospheric and traumatizing. I mean, it doesn't have as much to say as Babadook, but that's some things to say. Yeah, that's not like it really. I mean, I'm not sure what the like it. I don't really think it has a ton of themes to say in terms of. I mean, it's, it's got some queer themes that it doesn't quite deliver on. They're yeah. there. Yeah. But... Some, uh, it's good at objective at uh, sexualizing the main villain dude in flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's influential and it's striking um, and it's very moody and it definitely creamy out has some great performances and some incredible costumes and special effects. But yeah, I think the movies we already have above it are all just a little like scarier and I don't know, they just all did it for me more than Hellraiser. Yeah, I think it just has a Hellraiser to me and this is going to be an unfavorable comparison, I know. Reminds me a lot of watching the first Friday the 13th, where it's like, well, like they have stuff, but they don't know what they're doing with it yet. Like, there's I stuff feel like there. they're, they, they, they know what they're doing like, with it a lot more than Friday oh, the 13th. Oh, yeah, yeah way definitely way more than Friday the 13th, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I to me, there's like one controversial opinion that... that spans this podcast it's that Friday the 13th is garbage. Oh, yeah, Friday the 13th is not going to be reflected well on this list. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to state for the record that I do believe that Hellraiser should be above Jennifer's body. However, I recognize the committee's decision. Um, I disagree, but I will compromise because compromise makes for a good relationship. This was me with the mummy. We all have to go through it once. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in I, solidarity. I put it at eight where I'm putting it above horror noir and recognition that uh, in recognition of your protest, yes. um, I, I don't know <laughs> if we want it above Anna and the Apocalypse, though. Okay. A movie that does have an actual gay character that says that they're gay in the movie, um, as compared to Hellraiser that has a lot of gay themes that never quite... I mean, I feel like the movie is a great way for Clive Barker to let us know that he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> as if he lacked for a number of reasons to show, a number of ways to show that. Damn, that bit poster fucking rocks. That is such a good poster. Yeah. yeah. If we're talking posters, this is number one. Yeah, well... I know podcast viewers can't see it. Just Google the poster for Yeah, bit. look up the bit poster. So bit... Yeah, bit is would, top 10, right? Yeah, definitely top 10. I would put it above the, the Descent because it is... It's not as scary as The Descent, but it does a lot more things than The Descent does. This Descent is a good horror movie, but bit... Feels like such a classic, cool, spook like spooky vampire film. I I dig bit. Yeah, put it above horror noir. But anybody else? I've I would yeah. Not having seen horror noir, I'll go with your gut on that one. Yeah, I'm definitely trusting you, Uh, Emily. Where where does it fall with Hellraiser for you? I definitely I would keep it. uh, Well, yeah, Emily. Sorry. You know, if we're putting Hellraiser below Anne and the Apocalypse. I I have to put bit above and in the apocalypse um, because it's just as fun and it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, and I like that everyone's queer and it's not. Yeah, I would even put it above Jennifer's body. I mean, I would definitely put it above Jennifer's body. I'm talking about now. I'm talking to the to the forum again. Bit is. Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't think I'd put it above Jennifer's body. I'm my I might. I might actually put it in the mayhem ready or not area. Yeah. Um, okay. Just because, as you were saying, everybody's everybody's queer, and it's not not a question. It it is, um, and it's it's a well made movie. It has a logic that it follows. It it is progressive, um, in in ways that I appreciate. Um, it is not. I don't think it is is quite on the level of a Babadook or a Get Out. 
but the things that I like about Mayhem are a lot of the same things that I like about Bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, give it A plus for all queer. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to love with Bit. I mean, Nicole Maines is really good and really enjoyable in it. And fucking, yeah, no, there's a, yeah, there's I, a lot to love in Bit. You know, I, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing. I would put it between Mayhem and Ready or Not. I, I would put it between Ready or Not and Jennifer's Body. How do we dissolve? I think I would put it between Babadook and Mayhem. So I guess it goes between Mayhem and Ready or Not. Okay. So yeah, because I I I like this one a bit better than Mayhem, but I think that's a good place for it. All right. (laughs) Now let's move to the other side of the list, shall we? Oh (laughs) yes, Paul W. S. Anderson, esteemed director, Resident Evil. Oh, Resident Evil. Two thousand two as it gets. Do you um, do you think it's movie. better than bad hair? <laughs> it's oh, more confident in what it is, even if what it is is a fucking dumpster fire. Um, yeah, I would call Resident Evil uh D for dog comma zombie. Um I wanna say it's F for fist fuck, but I don't wanna I don't wanna affect the curve. I'm oof, I'm putting this between craft legacy and bad hair. Okay. Because at least Bad Hair was trying to say something. It didn't know what it was trying to say, and it didn't know how it was trying to say it, but it was definitely trying to do something. Resident Evil was... For me, oh it's at the God. bottom. For me, it's below Craft Legacy. No, I would. I have to put it above Craft Legacy. Yeah, I feel like Craft, Craft Legacy, Legacy tries to do something and fails. Resident Evil tries to do nothing and fails. Like, it does something. Thing. I'm drunk and of like... If I'm with a friend <laughs> and I'm drunk and they're like, you want to watch Resident Evil? I'm like, yeah, let's fucking put that shit on. Yeah, you know. Like, Do you want to see the Craft Legacy? I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah, not I'm going to. a little bit. I'm I mean, going to give that's it. the measurement, then it's definitely not as good as Cabin in the Woods because that's the same argument for Cabin in the Woods. Is like, yeah, it, no, but it is at least Cabin in the Woods and Bad Hair were trying to say something. Even if they were muddled, even if they were muddled messages, they were at least trying to do something clever there was some idea and passion there resident evil's just fucking 2002 in movie form yeah there's like techno and shit it's um because i i think i would easily watch this before i would watch bad hair again but i could put it between I mean, i'd put it between I mean, bad hair and craft legacy like bad hair is just like again resident evil at the very least is entertainingly bad like it's bad in a way that i am having honestly the time of my life bad hair is bad in the way that makes me sad because i really didn't want it to be bad yeah Yeah. it's bad in almost the exact same way as craft legacy for me and that like well there's something there but you just left it on the table oh no to me it's like to me like craft legacy it feels like that pile like resident evil it's like oh like you like i don't know what i don't fully know how to describe like it's so bad but in such a aggressively confident and wildly terrible way yeah it's like it has the confidence of a mediocre white man in movie form yeah like oh yeah this movie is pulling off some truly like garbage scenes and then being like mic drop Boom. It's like no Resident Evil. No. What are you doing, buddy? It's, it's sort of the um the movie equivalent of that minute in The Simpsons where Homer's trying to read the thing on, that's written on the back of his head and he's like spinning around in circles on the ground. 
and it's so hilarious and you can't stop watching it um yeah so, so okay so ultimately i would put it above bad hair would you guys put it above or below bad hair i'd put it above i i'll i'll say above just because it's it's um less disappointing because you don't really have high standards to start yeah like bad hair yeah. like i was expecting something truly legitimately good and with something poignant to say um resident evil i expect i didn't expect a goddamn thing from resident evil let's talk about something I, good how about i expected follows? resident evil to be dumb and it exceeded my expectations beyond my wildest dreams I was not expecting a fucking movie where the actual security protocol is to give your head of security amnesia at the first sign of trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, Jeremy, definitely this is up in the it towards follows. the top 10. Ooh, yeah, um, like, it follows A for A24. I, that's A24, right? It I follows. It, not, it feels like it's A24, a but it cursor. is. Yeah. Talk about a movie that like takes a basic concept and just executes it to its most horrific like yeah it's just the wearing down of something always following you like i don't think there's great acting and but the but the scares are definitely there and the creeps are there and uh, i feel like there's not a lot on the text but there's a lot on the subtext yeah it's a well-made film um that has some significant pitfalls but it's still like a cool uh atmospheric horror movie that has some interesting things to say and it does not say them with the um uh the efficacy of like the get out for sure or the babadook i think where you've put it jeremy like right under horror noir i think is the perfect spot because it's definitely better than the 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 descent <laughs> i don't know yeah, where the, it- it, I think, is equally scary as The Descent, but it is better executed. It doesn't have a needless uh, women hating each other because of yeah, an affair with his dead less, husband. Yeah, there's less dumb soap opera like that, you know, stuff that's also preying on, like, or also touching upon pretty, like, bad um, storytelling devices. Yeah. And that was definitely a movie that like I went in having seen it and liking it and then talking to Tina Horn about it. Like I came out of the episode liking it even more than I went into it. Liking it. Yeah. All right. So I think that that hits the bottom of our top 10. Um, Ginger Snaps. Now we got Ginger Snaps, which we talked to Jay Edidin about. Um, So many dead dogs. Yeah. Did not like. So many dead dogs. So I. almost want to give it a b but this is like a c plus for me yeah it's a c plus c plus c for can't kill so many dogs in a movie for me to like it definitely it's definitely above blood definitely above blood and donuts um above the craft yeah i'd say better movie than the craft i'd Um, say between the craft and first purge okay yeah i think yeah i think it is again a movie that has uh, a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, we're we have maybe a a tilt towards uh, liking things that don't kill dogs, uh, which you wouldn't know <laughs> from the Babadook being up there. Um, but 
Although I, I do wonder a little bit about Ginger Snaps and that movie, the movie. I still think Babadook should have ended with like, "Hey, we're on Australian Animal Services. You're I think, coming away." Yeah, I you think. Uh, yeah, I think Ginger Snaps. I think Ginger Snaps is definitely not better than the first Purge. I I kind of liked it better below Black, Black Christmas, um, and therefore below the Craft because it's like it's basically the Craft. It says better things than the Craft, but it's not the Craft. The Craft is better. Um, should we put and, it uh, between the craft and gingers uh, between the craft and black christmas i yeah 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 i feel yeah. like ginger snaps maybe you know it's a i feel like it's a more progressive movie but i do feel like the craft is a better made movie of like that just better acting and directing. I, I don't know about better acting it's better production i think there's one better actor in the craft okay yeah okay yeah let's be good better actor in the craft yeah there is I, I will say ginger snaps and um everyone who isn't nancy in the craft are on pretty even keel but then the craft has nancy yeah i feel like ginger and nancy are performing at about the same level above everybody else in the movie as as, you know, as each other um all right, I, I can go below the craft. That's yeah, yeah. That looks that feels right. Yeah, I mean, um, when I come back to Black Christmas, I'm like, I enjoyed watching it, but God, I think about all these other movies, and I feel like Black Christmas left one of like the least impressions on me of all the movies we've watched. Yeah. Okay, uh, now we got Scrim. What we do love, we do love some Scream. Oh, I I love Scream. Oh. I, Ooh, this is this is what this one's high up there. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking piss people off. All right, all right. Oh no, I'm not gonna piss anybody off because I think that where Jeremy put it b- between hosts and the mummy is perfect. I mean, I definitely think it's above the mummy. Um, yeah, I mean, I would put it above Jennifer's body, but I would not put it above like After Midnight or It Follows. Um, it's a it's a really fun, really you know. Actually, yeah, I think right right below, right above the mummy. Between the mummy and the ho- and the host, not the host, just host. Um, I think that's perfect, and I wouldn't change it. Um, and if anybody changes it, I'm going to get mad. I, I'm going to take it very okay. personally. This is, uh, this is very low. <laughs> this is shockingly low on the list for me. Like, okay. Oh, I mean, I I would okay. have trouble putting it above. It follows. Yeah. But anywhere between eleven and fourteen, I would be fine with. Um, I mean, I, I do like the the meta of Scream. I love, especially. I mean, those last ten minutes of Scream are really fucking good. Um, ben, where would you put it? Like, if it was just you ranking it, if it was just me, um, I would honestly, I would probably put it between It Follows and The Descent. That's where I'd rank it. I really like the Who Done It. Uh, I think it's got a great cast. I think, again, I enjoy the menace. I think it's just a really well-executed um, slasher movie, but I think it is brought... Well, again, it's it has, no, no, again, a, a movie with no characters of color, which definitely brings it down, and no queer themes unless it actually does, in which case it's got a lot of them. <laughs> It's um, definitely not explicitly queer. You you ha- do have to do some reading. No, I mean, it's it not, is. It's not explicit. It, yeah. This one, it's, it's almost really, like explicitly queer, but not implicitly queer. It's yeah. really fun. It's definitely not, you know, because what I find about is that, like, I definitely enjoyed it more than, like, 
it follows or the descent but it's definitely not as scary as any of those movies oh absolutely not like and again like it, the scares is a has to be a factor in host after midnight descent like yeah like it's scream is definitely less scary than all those like i definitely put it above the mummy and first purge but uh yeah you know I, i'm good with 14 cool all right you <laughs> you talked it down for us uh i was gonna try and try and find a place in between there but um yeah i i think there's a, a huge amount of influence um just like almost any west craven movie but uh yeah i mean it's... the lack of like scares compared to those like three movies that are above it which really do deliver on being scary and creepy girl walks home alone tonight that's solid a for a very good kitty why such a good kitty um i um, am going to put an absolutely not it's that no, it goes i'm saying above, it's above the mummy clearly absolutely but i'm gonna put it uh i would put it above hellraiser uh could we scroll up a little bit yeah let's see. yeah i'm but i i'd give this i'd give uh between hellraiser and anna and the apocalypse yeah i'm uh seconding emily's vote i mean i would put it above jennifer's body but um <laughs> we, we know we know <laughs> The ranking is what it is. You can't keep saying I'd rank it below this, but I'd rank it above this higher rank. That, I mean, I can and I will. Anywhere. I will. <laughs> you don't have to listen to me. <laughs> you can just mute me. I mean, I might, I, if it were me personally, I might put it below Hellraiser. Um, but part of me I wants to now put it above ever. Hellraiser because it really bothers me how similar uh, the poster is to Anna and the Apocalypse. I'm sure there will be other movies that jump in there. Like, if you're not seeing it, both both posters are red with a black, vaguely either vaguely or very triangular shape in the middle, with white over part of the black. Yeah, like triangle. It's very similar. Yeah, it's, a, it's bothering like it's me now. Basically, I the don't same. like it. It's too similar. Well, we'll we'll have we'll have more time. Because we haven't gotten to Alien yet, or Hannibal. Well, now, <laughs> now is the time Alien's to talk about good. the gay slasher, Hellbent. Okay, definitely. Okay, this movie's gonna be. I feel like this movie's gonna be like at the top of the bottom. Yeah, definitely <laughs> above Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like this it, it is not very gay not good, and fun, but it is. But very also, gay. like, it's gay and fun, but it's also you know, it's trash. Yeah, it the is... most interesting and thought-provoking element of the movie is clearly by accident. I feel I like this is above this Blood is, and Donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood and Donuts and Black Christmas, I think, are good company for it. It goes somewhere in yep. that twenty to twenty-two I, range. I'd put it. I between. would put it between them. Yeah, because yeah. it's definitely. Above I would say it's definitely better than Blood and Donuts. Yeah, like it's a cool thing. I love that they did it like at the Halloween LA like Halloween festival. That's really cool. I love that it's unashamedly like like gay, but it is also just a slasher movie that is not attempting to bring anything new to the genre beyond L.A. and gay. Um, I don't so, think we can rank Hannibal in here. I don't think this has a way to rank individual episodes of TV shows. Well, um, then we will just it's number we'll, one. We'll in just our talk hearts. about Hannibal and be like, it's 
neat and creepy and weird and gay and cannibally. Fucking love Hannibal. Now, if I was going to put the entire series up here, like if I just put Hannibal the TV show, I'd put it between Mayhem and the Babadook. Like I would yeah, put it, yeah. I would put it yep. high up there because of all the things that it covers. But it's also not a movie, and I think I still it's, have only seen the first three episodes. So. Yeah, we need to watch the rest of that it's shit, Jeremy. Good. I mean, especially when you see it as a whole. I mean, fuck. I get why everyone is so hot for Mads Mikkelsen now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has its ups and downs, certainly. Um, but I, yeah, in terms of just overall execution and decisions I know, made I watched, about, I know for, it has its ups and downs. I watched the Red Dragon arc. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and it also does Red Dragon better than any of the other versions of Red Dragon that have been committed to visual media. Better that's than the true. 1980s Manhunter? Are you serious? Yes, the the soundtrack <laughs> is not as good as Manhunter. That, yeah, uh, that's. That's a good point. Okay, yeah. Look, I mean, Hannibal Graham's is our number there, one TV show, but this doesn't have a way to list TV shows. If if Will Graham's not there, who will tell us that this tower made of human corpses was made on purpose? <laughs> now, here is a tough question for you guys. Do we include the Fast and the Furious movies no. in this ranking? No. Okay. no. <laughs> that's, an, that's an entirely different grading rubric. Uh, go on our Patreon, Progressively Horrified on Patreon, if you want to hear us more t- talk more about um, Fast and the Furious or even the Hannibal show. Um, yeah, if we get enough patrons, get that. The, Ooh, maybe that would be good to do more Hannibal as a Patreon thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge. Um, uh, repo. I wish Hannibal. I liked you, repo. but I don't. Yeah, that's not the right repo. We want repo uh, exclamation point. The yep. genetic opera. The grammar, the punctuation is very important in the movie. Yeah, I, I put it in there and it didn't pull it up. But okay, when I just type in genetic opera, it knows what I'm talking about. Um, all right, I would episode put it, 31, Repo, a genetic opera. This movie has a lot of cool visuals chemistry. and a lot of cool concepts, but fuck on execution if I don't think it's an absolute mess. I'm going to put, I would put it above Cabin in the Woods. I would not put it above Blood and Donuts. I would put it above Hellbent. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it does have Hellbent. Joan Jett. I mean, it has Joan Jett, very cameo, and it's it has got like some fun, it's got some fun performances. Like, again, Paris Hilton is real good, but like. She's also a racist trash bag, but you know. Oh, no. Oh, oh, the, pa- that, Paris. Oh, yeah. Cool. I mean, what do I say about. Here's my, where I stand on Hellbent versus Repo, the genetic opera. What's better, a mo- an unambitious movie that succeeds at what it attempts or an ambitious movie that fails at what it tries? I'm always going to go for the ambitious movie that fails, frankly. That's really? Fair. Yeah. Okay. It, that's, it's, you know, that's how I feel about, like, what was that movie? Um, Cloud Atlas. I'm like, wow. Every part of this movie is you making bold, is like y'all making like big bold decisions and real creative experiments, and none of them are working. I mean, I'm this, glad you're trying. I feel like Hellbent deserves a gold star more than Repo deserves a gold star. If this is our gold star category, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed Hellbent more than Repo. And Blood and Donuts, I enjoyed more than Repo. The aesthetic, but it definitely isn't delivering. It's not like a horror movie that's 
really trying to deliver scares. It's trying to deliver opera. I, I someone... will give you below Hellbent. I will not give you guys below Blood and Donuts, though. That's fair. I'll take that. Because Blood and Donuts. No, like, Blood and Donuts like is not... It did not work for me at all. I was so no, Blood and Donuts is love that movie because I was like watching that movie. I was like, I don't know even what I'm going to say about this. Because I am... Jeremy, I love that movie because I am a cinematic raccoon who just wants to dig through trash all day. Well, no, but that's the thing about Blood and Donuts is that it's such a weird little rarity that says a lot more than it does things it's saying. And it's just so weird. And I fucking love it. And I sound like I'm coming apart at the seams, but that's just because I've. I've it's so good. I feel about Repo, though. Like, Repo's so fucking weird. All right. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, as a certified vampire and aficionado, definitely going to go for Blood and Donuts over Repo. Not because Repo doesn't have any official vampires in it, it is 100% vampire aesthetic. Uh, and yeah, but um, we don't have to talk about that because we have Attack the Block to talk about. Attack oh, the Block. I love Attack the Block. I would. Above I would put Jennifer's Attack the body. Block above, I would put Attack the Block above Jennifer's body. Yeah, it's, I would put it, it above Freddy or not. Yeah, that Attack the Block is. Uh, yeah, like that. That's high up on the list. No, no, for no. Me. I, it's definitely like up there with Mayhem. Attack the Block is so good. Yeah, All I right. think I'm gonna have to put it above Mayhem. So yeah, I don't think it's top two but no not it's top definitely two, but top five definitely yeah definitely yeah. top five uh, attack the block is definitely above it's, mayhem it says it says what it wants to say in a way that's um even more fun and enjoyable than mayhem it's god the characters I, I, are are all incredibly charismatic for who they are um even I, though yeah. they're yeah I love Mayhem, but fuck it. Attack on the Walk is so good. And as much as I love Mayhem, there's nothing in it quite as emotionally affecting as when you realize that Moses lives by himself, like as a 14-year-old utterly like taking care of himself, like, and the way that just instantly recontextualizes the entire character and just, oh, it's just, it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's It's a crack shot. With the pacing, with the characters, with the message, with the special effects, it's just like like boom, boom, it's boom, not, boom. It's not like horror excellent the way like Get Out and the Babadook is, but like there's no weak link in this movie. Like there's no part of this movie that I think doesn't just work. Like yeah, I think incredibly well. I, I think I mean I've, I've said on Twitter that I think it's one of the best horror movies of the last twenty years. I think. It as far as stuff on this list, I definitely think it's the best action horror movie we have. Like, Baba yeah. Duke is a psychological yeah. thriller, Get Out is a psychological paranoid thriller. Um, but yeah, Attack the Block is a straight up creature feature and it is so well made. Um, and again, you know, we're still we, talking about it 10 years later. Yeah, we and Attack the Love our action horror again, Ready or Not and Mayhem are very high up on this list, and I'd call them both action horror, but. Yeah, Attack on the Block is so good. It is the spiritual successor. It's the spiritual successor to the um, Spielberg horror of yesteryear, which is, you know, still very beautiful, but not um, as, you know, not relevant culturally as, as much in terms of what it's saying about issues. You know, it's they're still beautiful and fanciful. And Attack the Block also has those fanciful elements because you have these main characters that are kids and they're still fun and you know like the, the 
fucking fight aliens with katanas. Yeah. So, so, so starting great. Naruto. So it's number three on here now above mayhem. I really yeah. What if they're if they're really making a sequel? What I really really hope uh, Attack on the Block the sequel does is Moses doesn't like references Naruto again, and now the like the, their younger kids are like, we watch Baruto. You're oh, old. Jesus. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Ridley Scott's Alien. Uh, after Attack really the Block. Good. Oof. Let's let's piss everybody off with where we rank this. Regardless, what a strong where we rank two weeks it. of sci-fi horror right? that was like attack the block and alien back to back yeah i think movie even really be horror this yes <laughs> i'm leaving the podcast really i'll see you guys movie. later <laughs> <laughs> um it's that definitely that a conversation on twitter i try to forget as many conversations on twitter as possible <laughs> um, whenever a conversation on twitter enters my brain i try to make it leave my brain as quickly as possible okay so we can agree what we can agree this is top 10 it's better than hellraiser which is currently number 10 yeah definitely better than hellraiser okay. if you if you Where rank this in that top Hold on, let's, 10 let's Oof, go, that's a tough one let's go up one at a time a girl walks home alone at night better or worse? better than that better, better than that and in the apocalypse better than that yeah better jennifer's body better than that better yeah. than alien is better than jennifer's body and if anybody says differently i'm leaving the podcast <laughs> no 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 arguments like, there like the level okay. of threatening here okay <laughs> now ready or not better better yeah. than ready or not not as funny as um, no, not as funny as ready or not okay so that puts it just outside of the top five do we think it belongs in the top five do we think it's yes. better than bit it's better than bit it's better than mayhem yep. yeah I think I'm putting it between Attack the Block and Mayhem. Me I think too. That's, yeah, I, I, God, that's such a tough one, but I th- think I'm giving the edge to Attack the Block. All right. Yeah, Attack yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the Attack edge to Attack the Block. Attack. Yeah, a better Alien movie than Alien. Um. Yeah, we said it. Yeah, yeah deal with it. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. Like, who can possibly? Like, what could possibly be a better film debut than Sigourney Weaver? And I'm like, how about John Boyega and Attack yeah. the Block? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Aliens is a fantastic film. That's the only film. movie that crosses over Doctor Who and Star Wars. Um, yeah. Oh, Doctor wow, Who yeah. and Star Wars are in that movie. And Naruto. And Naruto. <laughs> and Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know that one. Uh, is that, that a DC is, thing? It is a DC thing. Oh, that's why? Okay. Yeah, Firestorm's in it's that what, movie, isn't it? CW, yeah. It's uh, France Drama who played Firestorm for in the first three of that show. Now, how aliens? about alien, aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy younger brother. I can brother, definitely aliens. tell you this. Aliens to me doesn't. It's a very good movie, but to me, it, I don't think it cracks the top ten. I'm gonna have to put it above. I, I, it's above Jennifer's body for me. <laughs> we know <laughs> it's above Anna the Apocalypse for me. Okay. So, like, I personally like this movie better than Alien. But I recognize it's probably not as good of a movie as Alien. Yeah, um, I I would be comfortable with ranking Aliens above Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Looking at this list, I agree with that. I I wouldn't put yeah. it. Yeah, I, I below and in the Apocalypse above a Girl oh, Walks Home so, Alone at Night above yeah, Hellraiser above yeah. It Follows definitely yeah. put yeah um yeah that's yeah yeah that looks right yeah yeah that's good that's solid yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at peace with that. Yeah. Cause like, 
it's not my feelings on aliens that like it's not at, alien is s tier aliens is a tier but okay now here's another high yeah, a it, tier i oh i love velvet buzzsaw i think this one is going to be one of our like like jennifer's body one of ours that is probably much higher on our list than it is on any other respectable list <laughs> i think i'm putting it between jennifer's body and anna and the apocalypse i can't put it above alien oh maybe i can maybe i can Let's see. I'm feeling crazy. I'm feeling. I mean, I'm feeling crazy tonight. Okay, let's start to directing, I don't I mean, think it's. I don't think Velvet Buzzsaw is above. We've got a noir, protagonist. Though. Okay. I. I may be. I may. I may be. I. I'm willing to push. I'm willing. I may be a little overly Gyllenhaal enthused. Yeah, I he's think he's so good in the movie. He is. He is, and I just think that there's there's some very strong messaging, but not a like the execution isn't great. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these other movies execute um, better. I adore Velvet Buzzsaw. I think it follows as a better movie. Um, okay. Okay. That, yeah, I'm good with this that placement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's better than horror noir. So. Yeah. Like I, I will defend um, Velvet Buzzsaw to my death before I would defend it follows probably, but I think. I think it follows a better. Hey, do we want to rank Mortal Kombat in here? No, no. We did talk about that. We'll uh, rank it with the Fast and Furious. Jeremy, what number is better than one? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there for that one, and I was I was sad because I I wanted to talk about Mortal. I've seen the Mortal Kombat. Okay, Annihilation. Uh, We'll watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The fever dream of a film that was Annihilation. And that's not an insult. It was trying to be a fever dream. This movie, it, I felt like this movie was trying really hard to get me to go on a date. And I was like, you're just trying too hard. Like it came up and it was like, hey, um, I got you your, I got you this Evangelion box set. And I'm like, I already have that. But thank you. Can you return it? Um, Annihilation is the movie that you know, it sends you the link to the thing you, you knows you're interested in because it's like, hey, I saw this thing. It's the thing you're interested in. Did you see it? I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been arguing about it. I've been arguing on Twitter about it for the last three days. They, so thank you, you for bringing it to my attention. It's my mom. Um, well, here's, here's the question for me to, to start. Is it better or worse than The Mummy? Yes, it's better. Worse. It's better. But, I mean, <laughs> you, The Mummy... The mummy's placement on this list is the mummy is my Jennifer's body. What to, to me, what Jennifer's body is to Emily on this list. So, um, but in no, the opposite based direction. off based off our rankings that we've established of where the mummy is, which okay, fine, yes, Annihilation is better. Is Annihilation better than Scream? Yes. Then, God, I feel like putting. I feel like I can put it like putting it above Scream, but I feel like. Annihilation versus Host feels like such a David versus Goliath story. Like this horror that is trying to be like, we are the world and we are merging in time and space and everything versus like, we have a $6,000 budget and, a, and Zoom. There's a demon on my Zoom. Yeah, like, there's a demon on my Zoom like, and Annihilation is like, what is the tower? Is it I up? like putting Host above Annihilation in a kind of David versus Goliath sense. Yeah, I mean, I... I like Annihilation, but I like After Midnight and Host better. Scream is the one that's a question for me. Like I, I uh, personally, I would put it between the Descent and After Midnight. 
I'd put it's it a above zombie scream. bear. Annihilation right. gets A for a zombie bear. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm, that's where I'd have it. I'm good with it above scream. Yeah, at 19. I I wouldn't want to put it above these these little babies that are accomplishing almost the same amount with so much less. I know. You know, so I'll give you. I I believe in that in sort of like a a like personal you can combine motive. You can combine after midnight and host budget and not be able to make annihilation. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, could combine their budgets and be able to afford Tessa Thompson for a day. Okay, yeah. now we have you the Black turn, Swan. She wouldn't even turn into a, a bush for you. Um, <laughs> Oh man, Black Swan. Oof. Let's talk about Black Wait, Swan. It's true nightmare of a movie. The descent... I don't want to. I don't want to talk more about Black Swan, but I guess we gotta put it somewhere on this list. Okay. I'm I'm comfortable not talking about the thing I was about to say. Uh Black Swan is gonna be up there. Oh yeah. I'd Boy, that say... string of darkness that was watching Annihilation and Black Swan and Hard Candy back to back. Well, God. Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw wasn't a walk in the park, my friend. Velvet Buzzsaw, Velvet Buzzsaw was, still- was at least fun. Velvet Buzzsaw was it like, have, yeah, uh, was like high art and crazy fashion, and everyone dying in like wild artsy ways, and Jake Gyllenhaal right. being like this, being by and I, I Velvet Buzzsaw was like, no, oh my god, that Black Swan Annihilation Hard Candy fucking hat trick triple threat. <laughs> oh, was that a rough month? That I was, mean, a, that was, was a real rough month. Hunger was the, not a big relief either. No, not in the way that we needed. Um, Black Swan, uh, you know, yeah. Hunger not being satisfying feels like the theme of hunger. I believe, <laughs> I think, Jeremy, you've also hit that one on the head, putting Black yeah. Swan between Scream and Annihilation because it's definitely better yeah. than Scream. I think not you as uh, as annihilation. It's yeah. I think it's in the same yeah, I mean, neighborhood it's got as annihilation. That yeah. Great. I mean it's it's anchored by that incredible Natalie Portman performance, but oh so man. So is annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wow, that was the that was the Natalie Portman doubleheader. You know yeah. what? I mean, if we're going by the Natalie Portman performance, I think she's more incredible in Black Swan than she is in Annihilation. She but... is, but I feel like annihilation is being like yes it has the natalie portman but it's it's using the world and the atmosphere and the effects and the action and the yeah. mystery if there's the been cinematography a mutant demon it, where it's like black swan then... like i feel like black swan yeah it has darren aronofsky's very skilled directing but i feel like in the, like it's all on portman like that whole movie lived or died on natalie portman's performance like it was all on her shoulders in a yeah. way that it, def- that it definitely wasn't an annihilation. Yeah, I, Black Swan would get a B for basically perfect blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, Natalie Portman made Black Swan a watchable film instead of just like a Darren Aronofsky nightmare by itself. Here's the thing: yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I think I enjoyed Annihilation more than Black Swan. I did enjoy. I did wa- like watching Annihilation more than Black Swan for sure. How much um, did you guys enjoy watching Hard Candy? Oh well, I mean, is Hard was, Candy a movie you're supposed to enjoy? There was there were elements that I enjoyed. I would not put Hard Candy below Black Christmas. I would not put it below The Craft. Are you kidding me? I would not. Yeah, put no, below- that Hard Candy is definitely above Scream. I think. yeah, definitely above Scream. Above Scream, Hard, all right. Yeah, I well, would. I love, yeah, 
I loved how we watched these three movies back to back and they're all in pretty much the same fucking place on the list. Yeah, I would put Hard Candy above Annihilation just because it says something very well and very eloquently and very, very, and the execution is great. And God, um, if we're, if these are the movies where they are trying to make us as maximum uncomfortable as possible, fuck, Hard Candy is by far the most uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like Annihilation better. I mean, Hard Candy is is essentially a stage play. Do we yeah. want to put it above uh, Black Swan? I would like to because I, Hard I Candy, unlike Black Swan, doesn't make light of sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Black Swan, uh, I said it in our episode. I'll say it again. The dance coach person man is one of the worst monsters in any of these movies. He's yep. the real monster in that thing. Yeah, I feel I feel good with that being between those two. Um, I, I do feel like Annihilation is just so much bigger. Um, and, I mean, again, I guess the same argument comes up as we had for you know the, the movies that I wanted to have above it, and that uh, you know it, it's got a much more much more money in that movie than there is in Hard Candy. But uh, Hard Candy is not a thing I think I could watch again. I, I've seen it twice now, and I think that's a, that's enough for me. Yeah, I could watch The Hunger again. I I don't think I could. I think with giving think preference it be, to, I think it could be on in the in the club. While I'm there. In the yeah, definitely there. above Repo. Got to be above Repo. I was just looking at it versus Blood and Donuts it? as far as vampire movies. Um, as I don't know. I, I definitely rather, has David Bowie. It has like actual an actual attempt. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it's it's above Hellbent in terms of the execution and the fact that it does have like explicit gay shit, even though it doesn't understand how that works. Does it? It does have the. There are two women and they trying to. They do fall in love. They just don't know how to make them have the sex on screen because they rise perpendicular to each other, and you know. That's not how that works, Tony Scott. That's not a scissor. That's a T-square. <laughs> different tool. <laughs> uh, it's an entirely different function. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel good about uh, The Hunger being down here at number 28, right below Black Christmas. Yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. Uh, Black Christmas didn't have nearly as many curtains billowing, but... I. I feel like I could try to defend Hellbent over it, but what? I'm going to spend my time defending Hellbent? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, I like Hellbent. There's not a lot to it, but, you know. Okay. It's... I think this was like the one episode, one of the few episodes I wasn't here for. Yeah. So have I don't have much to say about Freaky. Okay. I haven't. I okay. adore Freaky. Yeah, me too. I, I think... I think it's Vince Vaughn's best performance in a movie. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, I think like right above Scream is a good spot for that. Um, I've I've made my comments about Anna the Apocalypse and all that and the, the movie above Anna the Apocalypse enough. So I'm not going I mean, to I would, press. Personally, I would put Freaky probably ab- above Host. Um, really? If yeah. It me. Um, yeah. It is a movie that I adore um i'd probably put it above after midnight and the descent up here with velvet budsaw i mean i would i would put it even higher honestly um i would put it up there with 
and like I I like Freaky more than I like End of the Apocalypse, but I don't know if I like it more than Aliens. It's definitely more watchable than than Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. Um. All right, folks. Where are we? Oh wow, we're I think we're over halfway. Oh yeah, we're we're close. We're not far from the end. Um. Well, we're this is number forty. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. Okay. So you've been moving at a decent clip here. Yeah. Go with blow aliens for that. Keep freaking blow aliens. All right. Um. All right. Let's talk Demon Knight. Yes. I love this movie. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. This movie. I okay. So this movie is definitely like the star B movie. I'm. I'm gonna put it. I can't. I can't in all like morally i can't give it an a no (laughs) because of the crypt keepers like weird titty obsession but i definitely yeah um yeah i would put it above the first purge so we go above the mummy i mean yes maybe this is me and my horror comedy roots showing but fuck do i love tales of the crypt like demon knight i put above jada pinkett being Oh yeah, definitely above Scream. Yeah, Scream is a good comparison because we're talking or I mean, comedy. we've got our trilogy. I mean, uh, we've got our trilogy, trilogy of really tough bleh, movies. Uh, Black Swan, Hard Candy, Annihilation. And then after that, we start getting into some legitimate scares with Host and the Descent. I, again, maybe it's just it's my preference for um, horror comedy, but I'd, I'd put Demon, I'd put Demon Knight above these. Like, I, I love I put it above Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> I just love the idea of putting Demon Knight above anything by Darren Aronofsky. I just <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't. This movie is horror camp gold. Yeah, it is horror camp gold. But like, I know that there's a few campy movies up higher on this list, but I can't, yeah. in all seriousness, allow myself. Here's the. I'm sorry. Here's the, here's the thing. If we are counting the Tales of the Crypt framing device, oh yeah, is that dragging it down a whole bunch? Yeah. yeah, and I have to because it's in there. It's so much higher without the framing device. Yeah, I think it has uh, to... With the framing device? Yeah, okay. I think either 20 or 23. Is it's on one side or the other of this Annihilation trilogy. I can't put Demon Knight, a movie where I mean, a child watches, looks at pornography and then explodes above hard candy yeah it's like i feel <laughs> i feel kind of like a piece of shit for him like after everything we just talked about i feel like a kind of a fucking asshole for ranking demon knight above annihilation and hard candy we've already Black ranked Swan. demon knight above black christmas which does meaningfully talk about sexual assault in a big way and probably more in a better way than fucking black swan does but black swan is a better film um and Demon Knight is a movie where Billy Zane Deliverance comes... talks about sexual assault better than Black Swan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But Demon Knight is a movie where Billy Zane like has a fire dick that comes out of his pants to it um sure does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh man. Oh, I can tell you, yeah, it's not as good as Scream. So it has to be below. Yeah, Scream 2 has to be below Scream. The Scream 2 is not as good as Scream. Is it better than Hellbent? I would put it below Black Christmas, personally. That would be on my personal list. 
I'm going to, especially for that bit where Courtney Cox asks David Arquette to smile more. Like that was such a flex in that movie that I'm just like, yeah, it can't. The whole Scream franchise is a Courtney Cox flex. Yeah, but like that particular moment was so meaningful to me. And the fact that the um, the somewhat stereotypical black side character did not die as opposed oh to God. the the other somewhat stereotypical, very stereotypical yeah, black side the, character. The cameraman who just, who reads a book recapping the events of the first movie and whose reaction is like, nope, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'll be back once you catch the killers. And then does exactly that, my hero. <laughs> hey guys can i get you to get a broom for me because i think we need to clean out the bottom of this list because don't oh, breathe is no. here don't breathe is uh yes yeah, the yeah that's Speaking of movies that don't deal with sexual assault well um uh, i mean d for don't it does things better than these bottom movies but it also does things more horrifically awful than anything else on the bottom of this list this is the only movie on this list that i would actively warn people away from i would be like hey resident evil is not good bad hair is not good craft legacy is not good don't watch don't breathe yeah Um, yeah i i think this is uh uh, i'm actually that's that bottom of this bottom of the list placement um i'm gonna give it a uh an n for no more semen, please. <laughs> Did not complete. It's just a. This is. You thought F was the worst score? You can yeah. go to N. Well, the thing is, I can't go to S for semen because S is good. So. Yes. Um, for some reason. For some reason. Yeah. Hellraiser two Hellbound. Was someone like, well, we know, well, platinum is like gold plus. So what's the platinum of lead? And someone's like S. And <laughs> I don't like, know. You're the same motherfucker that said raspberry flavor things should be blue why are we still listening to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, um all right Good. hellbound hellraiser 2 um it's you're definitely it's definitely, definitely in that above definitely above scream yeah scream, yeah you're in the right the neighborhood mummy, above first purge yes i mean it does get i mean the its ending is real good i'd put it between I think it's good where it is between Tales from the Crypt and Scream. I think that's a perfect place yeah. for Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. <laughs> I, I, yeah. will, I will say one more time, I mean, uh, my controversial opinion is, again, that I like Hellbound better than Hellraiser. Um, and I, you know... And we you recognize like, that that's my opinion. We, we recognize your dissent, D-I-S-S-E-N-T. I love, I love the doctor is in. And it's a great line, but then I think about Jesus wept. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And how wins. many fucking industrial bands have sampled The Doctor Is In? It has nothing to do with how good of a, a movie it is. Are you, are you sure? What other <laughs> metrics are we supposed to use? How many industrial well, bands have sampled something is not an indication of quality. It's not not. Is it? <laughs> In that case, the Hellraiser is the, the top of this list with like Alien and then Aliens, I'm pretty sure. I Maybe like Candyman. I feel like Hunger should crack the top five just for that Bauhaus song. Well, that's that's not a sample. That's the song, the movie sampling the song. That's the that's Bauhaus being in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that why it is above. One. I'm not saying yeah. it's not cheating, just that it would work. Okay, now. Uh, Candyman's better Candyman. than Jennifer's Body and Ready or Not. 
I'm I'm going Candyman is definitely top 10, right? Yeah. Yes. I think I would put Candyman between Ready or Not and Jennifer's Body. I would put it between Ready or Not and Bit. So I think you're the, I mean, yeah, Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think between Ready or Not and Bit, it's a number number seven overall right now. I mean, Tony Todd is so sexy, yet also made of bees. And the movie talks (laughs) about a lot of stuff, but like really you know, for the times, very progressive. And I know, and the you know, for the times. Made of bees. Yeah, and he also has a mouthful of non-CGI bees. So you know what? And he still comes across as the better of the male characters. Crimson Peak C for So we talk about Loki's butt. Um... In- incest. The C in incest, that's the C that I give Crim- Crimson yeah, Peak. Yeah, Crimson Peak is I mean that's I mean, it's definitely lower half of the blitz, and it right? has yeah. good aesthetic and good good actors but i can't say the themes really super like i can't say it, it's a movie that stuck with me i can't say it has like it explores interesting themes and it definitely doesn't deliver on the scares especially I, when it's the things that seem like they're going to be scares or fake outs i would put it above the hunger because yeah. I'd, I'd put it above it, it, the hunger yeah it, it's basically like the all of the aesthetic that the hunger wants to be but does it Maybe better we're gonna put then... it above the hunger i would put it above screen too as well okay yeah, i'm okay with that, that. Works. again it's it's not a bad movie by any means but again by the metrics we've done especially factoring in like scares and like how like to the degree of importance we've put on exploring relevant and topical themes and also on actually delivering scares crimson peak is while a good movie uh pretty light on both of those things yeah i I, I mean i guess it explores the theme of don't trust incesty con artists yeah um it it puts a real puts a real emphasis on tom middleston's butt that's i think the the takeaway we should all take away from this movie we should all take away yeah and we did get butt. to see more of tom hiddleston's butt than david bowie's butt yeah so and it at no point was weird old man butt yeah they could have given us weird ghost butt but yeah they weren't brave enough weird godzilla ghost butt all right De- better than scream godzilla. better than hellbound better than demon knight i think i'm gonna put it between demon knight and black swan yeah godzilla yeah, below I mean, black swan no. I mean, here's where I find myself with maybe Godzilla is uh, it's so influential and when it's on, like, it's so atmospheric and scary and it's definitely exploring interesting things, but there are definitely, like, long stretches of the movie that are pretty boring and can be fast-forwarded through. Actually, you know what? Godzilla above Annihilation, between Annihilation and Host. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of like, what I was thinking, because I, I think there is no yeah. Annihilation without Godzilla. Like, it is so, like, it is exploring something so raw and so real. Um, yeah. So that puts Godzilla at 21. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Having it below a host is weird, also, but like, also don't want to put it again, above like, a host. Again, like, I'm also, I'm very impressed by the way they use the effects of the time and the degree to which the black and white really benefits it. Um yeah, it definitely doesn't provide those like it definitely didn't get my heart like truly racing the way host did. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
I think it's it's not a heart racing kind of movie. Um, I keep putting in the Vavitch, but it doesn't seem to know what this is. So let's talk about the witch instead. Letterboxd, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> it's it's the witch. No, up, up, up. <laughs> Nobody else can see this. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's start at twenty five with the witch. Do we think it's better than the Annihilation Black Swan Hard Candy trilogy? Yes. Yes, yes. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla? I mean, yeah, yes. but I, yeah, I, again, it's definitely got like some real creepy stuff. Like, I'd, yeah, I'd keep yeah, I think going. It has a lot in common with After Midnight, and it's better than After Midnight. Which is yeah, definitely would, A plus um, for A24. Yeah, I would, um, this, yeah, I, would, I feel like after is definitely Midnight. scarier, but The Witch has more going on. I don't know. The Witch yeah, is up like... there, I think, with the with the competition. I think it, we I just put it right below horror not noir and above it follows because I want it there. I mean, I, I personally like it follows better, but I wouldn't object to putting it above Velvet Buzz. I song, would right I would put it, it between Velvet Yeah, that's where I would that's where I would put it as well. I would put it between Velvet Buzz and it follows. Because I think atmospherically it follows and the witch both have that same sort of like tension, but the witch at no point actually scares me. It just depresses me. <laughs> and it follows generally, like genuinely has, like freaks me the fuck out. Um, I mean, I would put the witch, honestly, I would put the witch up with the Babadook, but I don't think in terms of like being progressively horrified. I mean, if we're talking about being horrified as progressive people, I think that the <laughs> witch is incredibly horrifying. <laughs> but um, the in terms of quality of the movie, I mean, I would put it above "Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night" or "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night." Um, I mean, I mean, I definitely understand the horror in the witch. In that, I too am afraid of Christian people. Yeah, I think I feel like the witch is again a, a little bit more concise in its messaging because um, "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night" is about a place, and the witch is about um, fundamentalism, which is still fucking relevant um and it also like i think up there in terms of i think if we're gonna rate it it, it, i don't know if i would put a girl walks home alone at night above the witch but i mean also it follows hellraiser and horror noir have a lot of other things to say um yeah i mean honestly like i like it follows better than either the witch or a girl walks home alone at night but we have a girl walks home alone at night ranked higher i mean it we can move it we can we can just do that. We can change our minds. It's I mean, our fucking would list. Would we be would we be cool with having it follows and the witch above Hellraiser and Horror Noir? I think I'd yes. be cool with I think I'd be cool with the girl walks home alone at night being below the witch between the witch and Vel- Velvet Buzzsaw. Do you want to pull yeah. a girl walks home alone at night down rather than? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, yeah. That Velvet looks witch. that looks better to me. Yeah, because I can't. I can't give these movies more than horror noir because of just how informative horror noir is. Yeah. Um, that one's a real hard one to rank with the rest of these. Yeah. Uh, what Another one that's going to be hard to rank is Drag Me to Hell. That's not hard to rank for me. That is F for fuck that movie. <laughs> that is going to be... It's not I mean, as bad as Don't Breathe. That's not true. Not as bad as Don't Breathe. That to that's, me is going to be somewhere around Cabin in the Woods. I think that Drag Me to Hell is just above, like a, like a. Oh, it's I above think it's, Resident Evil. Okay, you know. Okay, 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 because it does have a talking goat in it. There's enough. Yeah. There's enough of that 
Raimi goodness still there. Even again, my big problem is that I don't feel like this is a movie where if Sam Raimi was doing something new, it was adding too much CGI. And then everything else was stuff he's done better at other points in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I, I think it has a lot in common with the cabin in the wood, the cabin in the woods. Um, and that like it knows what it's doing, but then it does it anyway. Um, yeah. But not, and I feel like not at the same level as don't breathe. And it's that ending ultimately makes it less disappointing than the craft and bad hair to me. Yeah. Um, that ending is what sticks with me the most, especially like her eyes, like her whole, like it's her skull, but her eyeballs are still there. Like that fucking her getting spoilers and the title dragged to hell like that was that's a again we talk about these some of these horror movies not knowing exactly where to end that's how you end a movie yeah speaking of how where to end a movie not how you're beginning and middle a movie but it's how you end it so promising young woman um yeah that was episode 50 that was episode 50 I think we should we should end with promising young woman because now we have scary movie month which we're, which we're not done with um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff after after this episode that we're going to be watching before the episode's released so I think you know going up to episode fifty I think that would be ideal but um, God velvet but I'm, I'm sorry uh, promising young woman oof I don't, this is one I almost don't yes. even know how to rank it exactly yeah. like, that's another a, a plus for me. Yeah, I think like, it's such a good movie, but like, I think what trips me up is how it's like, it's so existentially terrifying. And there's definitely moments of just such dread, but it's, it's not a horror in the way like Hellraiser and Alien are horror. Yeah. But it's still such a good, great movie. I think I would put it up in the, uh, maybe the top 15. I definitely would put it above It Follows. Um, I think it would, I might be even in the top 10. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd put it above Ready or Not. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd uh, can we yeah above Ready. Yeah, or I'd, not. I'd put it between yeah. Ready or Not and Candyman. Yeah, because Candyman, I was also I dealing with very important. Yeah, things. um, I mean they're very very different movies, but I think we have like a really cool for our top ten. It's all oh, across the board. Dope top ten. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Get Out, The Babadook, Attack the Block. Alien, Mayhem, Bit, Candyman, Promising Young Woman, Ready or Not, and Jennifer's Body. Um, I think it's it's very apropos for Jennifer's Body to be like the 10 of the top 10 because of our sort of, you know, our, our conflicting views on it. But it's also sort of the, the best of like the B-movies on our list. Yeah, um, it's definitely yeah. the top movie that I'd say is like, well, Ready or Not is fun in a different way, but I would say mayhem bit ready or not in jennifer's body are definitely in that like that fun horror yeah and Candyman being up there is is i think good for everyone you know if you're mad that hellraiser isn't on there Candyman's on there Candyman has the same like juice as hellraiser but it's saying a lot more than hellraiser yeah it doesn't have pinhead but Candyman's cooler yeah, yeah, I, I said mean, it again. Tony Todd is Candyman. Holy shit! Candyman's in that movie a lot more than Pinhead is in Hellraiser. Yeah, I mean, this is a solid ass list. Again, if you're looking, where should I get started in horror movies? Uh, like you want, or just you just want to watch some good ass movies? This is a 
this top 10 is a great place to start. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're looking for um, horror that deals with progressive subjects and, and progressive questions. Yeah, um, if, you're looking for some, if you're looking for movies that are saying a lot more than just being like gore fests, like this is like these top, this top 10 is really where you want to be looking. Yeah. And so do we want to stop at 50? I mean, 52 would be a year. Um, we could just stop at 50 because 51 is where Scary Movie Month starts, or Halloween and Friday the 13th. Of course, this will be coming out well after that when we will have talked about movies that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, I think I think I would I would stop at 50 because the way that we talk about Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare is so different than the way that we talk about any of these other ones. Um, I almost want to do it just so we can rank Friday the 13th way down toward the fucking bottom of this. It would be last. <laughs> yeah, Friday the 13th. Should we put Friday the 13th on here? It would be It would not be under Don't Breathe, but yeah, scroll yeah, can we Close. scroll down there? Yeah, we'll just put it on there as sort of like yeah. a last Friday the 13th would be Right up here with Resident Shit, Evil. It, I'd probably yeah, pick... I think, yeah, over there there with Resident Evil. Yeah, like I, I'd, I'd probably put it between Bad Hair and The Craft Legacy. And even that, and even, and then even then, I'm honestly not sure if it's better than The Craft Legacy. I would put it up above The Craft Legacy just because like Kevin Bacon is, look, he looks good in it. He, no, he actually, does. it's because, not because Kevin Bacon, because the mom is the killer. The mom is, once the mom shows up, at least it gets like real fun. And it does have one of the best jump scares. I feel like it would be like three places higher if it just ended with that jump scare instead of doing that dumb as fuck hospital scene. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Excuse me. Um, All right. So yeah, there's only 46 yeah, things feels, on the list because Hannibal. It um, is not easy, but this is, uh, you know, 50 horror films. Like, guys, we have talked about a lot of films we, have spent, we sure have and to all you listeners out there who have spent that time with us chatting about these films uh thank you thank you for listening thank you for tuning in and i uh, hope you'll be joining us as we enter into progressively horrified year two yes and check out our list over on letterboxd um yeah. we'll share it in the notes for this episode cool yeah, that's um, that's it for our special anniversary episode. You know where to find all of us. We've been through uh, <laughs> fifty episodes. We've been, of, of this, we've been this at point. this a year. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you're not following us online by now, you ain't gonna. And I said I'm gonna make a mouth on Twitter if you're mad at me about a movie, and I'm I will discuss with you. I can compromise, as you can see. Yeah. We're on wow. Twitter. Come argue with us. You can argue with the podcast account at Prague Horror Pod. You can argue with me at jrome 58 Argue with Ben with Ben at Ben McCon. I will not respond. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just a sucker that for that silent treatment, then yeah. Yeah. I look at people trying to bring drama on my page and I'm like, just not gonna fucking engage with you. If you have a fetish, you take your drama blocked. and you go someplace else. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> wow. I'm we, we hope you join us for the next year's worth of scary movies as we're delving into the scary movie month and you're wrapping up your, your 2021. Uh, don't tell us if something horrible happened uh, between October and December. Cause we already know, but you know, we didn't at this point, maybe we're, <laughs> maybe we're young and innocent now, um, but we won't be. But there. all those dragons are really cool. 
<laughs> yeah, so every, like all the all the dragons that came out and like you know solved our energy problems that was really movies to turn out to be true i can't believe it was that matthew mcconaughey christian bale dragon movie no the dragons didn't solve things rain of fire didn't solve anything these dragons will solve shit rain of fire could have solved somebody but we threw christian bale and and matthew mcconaughey at it so whoops didn't work out i mean to do rain of fire one day it is rain of fire hard i can't imagine is I think Rain of Fire no. is just an action movie. I mean, no, if, if we do Aliens, we might as well do Rain of Fire. Yeah, but Aliens has that whole being a sequel to Alien thing going on. Like, okay. Rain of Fire is a sequel to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Progressively Horrified was created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, and Emily Martin. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at ProgressivelyHorrified at gmail.com. Thank you for a great year of doing this podcast. Mm-hmm.